This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So they're ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This podcast is sponsored by Magic Rock Brewing. Currently, you can get free delivery on all orders over £40 and 10% of all online orders by using our code of TAKESTHATCHANCE10. Jackson's there, Billy did! The goal, Chris Billy Huddersfield Town! The most famous goal of Chris Billy's life! Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is! Take your place in Division 2, Huddersfield Town! And Steve Simonson's boots now. He's missed. Steve Simonson clears the frame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Huddersfield Town are promoted. Stephen Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And he takes that chance. This is Richard from Magic Rock, all masked up down at the tap room in Birkby, uh, wishing everyone on the podcast um, congratulations on your 100th episode. Here's to the next 100 and a, a positive end to the season, and hopefully, see some of you down here uh, at the tap room next season. Cheers. A long, long time ago, I can still remember how Dave Wagner's team made us smile. And Schindler took his chance. It made the town fans sing and dance and made us kind of happy for a while. But Tuesday evenings made me shiver with every podcast we deliver. Bad news for Jan Zivert. 16 points really hurt. Danny Cowley came and tried, but we need a striker like offside Clyde. We said our piece, we'd never hide. Blue and white in the wool died. So, anyone going to sing it? (laughs) <laughs> we've just had this in the intro we find and you're all sat there ready to shit out bye bye Miss America bye good old boys we're drinking whiskey and rice singing this will be the day that I die right that's enough that's enough that's enough you've got all that time off Matt and that's what you came up with 
Yeah, so I'm going to say them good old boys should be drinking Magic Rock, to be honest, and maybe they'd be a bit happier with things. But welcome to episode 100 of the Andy Takes That Chance podcast. Uh, Coming up this week, we'll have a look back over a four-point haul against QPR and Chefcock Wednesday, as they're now known after 2017. Uh, A few mins on the uh, Hoyle interview and uh, a rather self-indulgent reminisce about our times on this very podcast over the last 100 episodes. This evening, we've a, a bumper lineup, minus one now. And with half the panel old enough to have had their first COVID jabs, uh, joining this week, as usual, is the king of Kozirioki. Uh, it's Richard Kosmala. Yeah, we're not having those jabs for another month now, are we? How bad's that? Who's, who's run out of jabs? I thought you'd have had yours in January, to be honest. He kind of joined <laughs> us a year into podding. It's uh, Simon Copland, a man who was once known as the WAP hunter Neil Wayne has not joined us. At the end of the show, you'll know... I <laughs> still the line. At the end of this show, you'll know why I refer to him as Pozzarotti. It's Dan Porritt. And a man who shows more skin than porn of it's Brady Frost. And he may be a junior nice. in podding terms, but he's a senior in name. It's Phil Senior. So hello to everyone watching online as well. And good evening, everyone. How are we doing? Good evening. Nice to have you back, Matthew. Fantastic. Thank you very Not much. talking about last night away. God, how good was <laughs> well, that? What a game. That was great advert for the championship. That's the first thing that's come up on the agenda last night. So does anybody want to actually talk about this? Um, for me, yeah, Carl. Uh, let me start. Let me Phil, start first. Did you play with Josh Swindas? How fast were he? He looked like uh, Moses Kiptonua, mate, compared to Nabisar. What was that about? Josh, Josh Windass was never quick. when uh, He was in the academy when I was coaching. And the thing about Josh Windass was his movement was brilliant. Uh, always kind of one, like Jordan Rhodes-esque kind of thing. He was always one step ahead and we never really had a lot of pace. So when he came steaming in off the wing last night, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. He must have uh, he must have been doing a bit of running practice, but no, it wasn't. It was a poor goal, wasn't it? It was a really poor goal. But oh. what I was going to say was, we've been crying out for, for Carlos to um, play these different kind of um, formations. And he did tonight, uh, last night. He seemed to play every every single formation under the sun, just to try and adapt. And and it was just it were it were hard, wasn't it? It were it was just a tough game. We looked solid enough. They never looked like they were going to cause any problems. Um, but it were again just that attacking threat, just the options going forward, and and kind of you know he's gone he's gone to three at the back now. So we're not playing with these wide players. So it's a different kind of kind of style of football and. And I think this is where your strikers are, are really important. The people up top are in a three-five-two extremely important for you know to hold the ball up and link players in. And, and again, we just we just looked void of ideas. Uh, I think at times. you got the starting lineup wrong a bit there, Phil, because we're looking at that and the front two: Fraser Campbell. Okay, he can do that, but Dwayne Holmes as a, a kind of second uh, striker, number ten. That seemed like it didn't quite work against a, a team that was going to sit back like them. I mean, I just think that the fact that Roe didn't start, for me, I'd have started my strongest, we had a bit, I mean, a WhatsApp group and we had a bit of a laugh because I said, I can't believe we didn't start our strongest team. And someone actually said, have you got a strongest team? <laughs> um, but, but like, Aaron Roe's been brilliant. He's, 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 he's been fantastic at the moment, a bright spark. And for him to come on, maybe that was the kind of plan. Maybe it was to kind of stifle him early doors and to bring a few players on towards the end of the game when Wednesday clearly tired because they do struggle towards the end of the game. Um, but again, it's just the fact that we, we, we couldn't break them down and it was, it was difficult, wasn't it? It was strange, wasn't it? Because I think, I think Wednesday kind of surprised Carlos a little bit. We, they sort of left men up, didn't they? Um, and he, yeah. I think he said in, in his interview he had a decision to make. Does he go one for one or does he, does he re-jig our formation? And in some respects, it was quite pleasing that we, we just left it as we were. 
we didn't sort of cave to that. And we had a game, a game plan, and, and, we, and we stuck, which were, which were nice to see. Um, I think we go, yeah, we're a poor goal, as you've said, to give away. I've seen quite a lot of criticism for Naby Sarr, but for me, he can't really do much more than that. He's lumped over at the top to him. He's always second best running, and if he tries to put some sort of tackle in there, he, you know, he brings Windass down, and he's, he's walking as well, this Sarr. So. You know, some people say no, I should have you know dived in and took ball. But if you miss time that, which is you know quite likely with someone like Nabisar, you don't attend. Then you're hoping just probably there as a defender just to put him off best you can, and hopefully you can you know hassle him that much. He, he don't get a good shot off, which you know obviously he didn't. You know it flew in back at net, but it was one of those performances, wasn't it? I think we've gone back to points make prizes and let's get points where we can. Um, it weren't inspiring. But to me, we're, we're past that stage of needing to be inspiring now. We just need to get as many points as we can when we can. Um, I think for me, Paz, though, it's like I, I'm not going to come and slag Callas here because I just thought after Saturday it would have must not lose game, a must not lose game. There, yeah. There's quite a lot of criticism, and you're not supposed to be kind of, you know, see what happy to defend and, you know, kind of chisel out a draw. But we had everything to lose. I know, I know people say, well, we should be beating the bottom teams, whatever. but we have done the hard work on Saturday QPR. The last thing we needed to do was give them a sniff to get out of it, and uh, we did, didn't we? We was bad defending, but I was quite happy to grind out a draw. And I think the thing I'm a kind of Neil put on our group, didn't it? Once we equalised, we've got to go and win it now. This is let's go on and mm. win it. But I never thought that we'd do that. So I, I ain't going to come on here and criticise Carlos for not going for it because what was the point of us going for it when they really had to win more than us? And yeah, I just think we just had to suck it up really and just kind of think the four points has been a good take from the two games. Uh, Brady, I'll bring you in at this point. Uh, we saw the two sides of Naby Sarr. We always see it, don't we? Naby Moore and uh, Gordon Tuxar, the two sides <laughs> of, uh, of Naby. Um, we it's saw two sides. Like I say, on the two goals, we saw two sides, didn't we? We saw him get caught out by a simple hook. It was a very Sunday league hook over the hook over the shoulder, wasn't it? And then um, him pop up where he's, where he's threatening in the box as well and uh, a bit of redemption as well. So, f- so fair play to Naby for uh, helping us grind that point out. Yeah, definitely. I, I think um, Town have obviously we've been a bit more stable, but he, I think Naby's actually been all right um, bar last night. Um, but like you say, when he plays well, we tend to play well. Um, I think I, I kind of agree with what Cosy's saying. It's like a point isn't that bad, but I think it's the circumstances, it's the performance. We were we were pretty bad. Um, I, you know, it's nice to know when we're doing the 100th episode that we're still talking about Town playing a, a bit rubbish. Um, but yeah, just... <laughs> Yeah, we, we weren't good, um, you know, and I think obviously we've built a gap and like at least we didn't lose and we came back to win and that's all positive. And I think we've only lost, what is it? Um, we're unbeaten in four now, but uh, we, they were there for the beating really. And if we'd have won, um, you know, we probably would have been pretty much safe. I know it's a couple of weeks, but um, I think that's the disappointing thing. It was the performance because we were terrible. So were Wednesday, but... I th- what surprises me is obviously we had that win against Swansea. We had the win against QPR at the weekend. And you think, oh, we'd go into the game being like up for it and, you know, having a bit of momentum. And we just, we just reminded me a bit of the Derby game where we lost 2-0. But we obviously the, the subs seem to change it really in this game. But um, yeah, just don't really seem to build any momentum. And that, to be honest, that's probably why we are down where we are. Sai, si, jump in. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, it was um, more important that Sheffield Wednesday didn't get three points that, that we did um, in terms of kind of increasing that gap to the bottom on three. I think we're 10 points clear now of Rotherham, albeit they've got a few games in hand. Um, 
quite a lot of games in hand, actually. Um, I think we've sat on this podcast before, and I certainly haven't, and I've, I've kind of criticised Carlos for playing too open, too expansive football, and not reading the room, not reading the situation. So I don't think I can credibly sit here and criticise him for kind of playing a more solid, defensive-minded game, taking a point. I agree with what you're saying to an extent. Um, some of the substitutions... Um, kind of towards the end of the game were very defensive minded when perhaps we could have gone for it sorry I'm just watching Phil and uh, he's making me laugh um, <laughs> I don't quite know why but he is um, he's in his but, car uh, jogging by the looks of it isn't he I couldn't work out if he was driving at one point but then I thought he's never looking at the road um, Ty, what, about yeah, what about Kachunga's little ball Where, that would like turn him out the clock wasn't it to 2016 Lusfield Town and he put it out to the Silver Fox and he scored our goal, to be fair, did Patson, didn't he? But it was a great save, mate, from Schofield, who's took a lot of criticism. He comes straight out and did what he needed to do, mate. So I think we've got to give Mr. Schofield some credit because we could have lost everything there, mate. With uh, Yeah, Schofield didn't put, a, didn't put a foot wrong last night. I thought, actually, for that particular effort, he stayed tall. Um, it'd have been easy for him to kind of fall over, commit to one side, and actually stood up really well um, and made a good save. The last few games, Schofield's been good. He always had that kind of wobble, didn't he, mid-season. What long in the memory and um, the back pass there and he's kind of looked a little bit susceptible under the high ball since but teams haven't kind of necessarily exposed him as much as what we thought they might do or actually his confidence has started to improve and I think it's, it's showing the value in assisting with him um, and, and kind of yeah look forward to him kind of continue that form at the end of the season now I think we all said didn't we, that, that keepers you know young, especially young keepers learn from stuff like that and by bombing him out might have, might have done him you know, more harm than good, really. So it's, it's nice to see that he's come through that that purple patch. Uh, not purple patch, that's when you're good, isn't it? He's gone through that bad patch and uh, he's sort of come out the other side. I think, like you say, si, with maybe three defenders in front of him, it just gives him that a little bit more reassurance that, you know, he's got he's got people in front of him and he's not having to sort of do it all on his own. Um, but, yeah, it's great to see that, that he's come through. And, again, it's, it's a good... It's a good call by Carlos for leaving him in because it would have been so easy after those few games to take him out at side for two or three games, and who knows if you know a new keeper coming in plays really well. It's hard to put Schofield back in, and that that could have been long term detrimental to him. So you know, fair play to him and also to Carlos for that. We are oh. where we are, guys. But all I could think of, 2017, this was a these two teams. This was a playoff semi final. You mm. know, we top, in my opinion, quality players on both sides. If you look at what we're on the pitch last night, how the mighty have fallen. I mean, they're going down. We're kind of rebuilding. I know it is what it is, but all I could think of is like we were there, weren't we? That you and Carvalho were there, obviously Wagner. We were massive games and, and that as well. And all the, the quality of the football, the pitch were awful. It always seems to be like that, Hillsborough. But it's both sides have fallen very quickly, haven't they, in the last few years? They probably overspent and paying for it. We've made bad decisions. God, I know we were upbeat then. I've absolutely killed it now, and I've <laughs> no, this is like four years ago, to be fair. Football can change in six months. Yeah, man. Four years is is a bit of a time. What I wanted to know, guys, is do you how do you feel uh, on the preview show I did with um, the chicken? Um, I sort of said a point, and I think we'll be okay with it. Whereas he was like, "Oh no, it's a, a must win." And I've seen a bit of a mix with that. How do you guys feel in general? Do you do you feel satisfied with a point just to finish up on Chef Wednesday, or do you think ah, it's uh, too QPR, too dropped? Was that before QPR or after? Did he say must after? Win? It was the day after. Oh, yeah. Okay. If you'd have said four points from QPR away and Wednesday away, you'd have taken it. Um, because I think Ty calls it right. If you're playing a team below you 
in league at this stage of the season and they don't win. You know, they're not gaining out on you and it's a game less for them to play. So I will I won't say really happy with the point, but I will, I'd accept the point last night. Um if we'd have gone for it and lost, all of a sudden it can change like things, Birmingham. can't it? Yeah, Birmingham uh, yeah. away. So I were I were more than happy to to see that out uh, at one all. Matt, we it was all... so like a lot of our games. So when it was started well, we were the better side. I, I watched it on the Wednesday kind of iPlayer, what have you, and they were like uh, I follow so they were like, Wow, what's shield? They don't look a team who's won like two away games in three hundred years and what have you. And I just thought <laughs> I'm gonna make guys because what'll happen here is we'll make a balls up, we'll, we won't score, and exactly what happened and stuff. And I think I think Chicken's right, let's be honest. Yeah, it was good four points, but We've got to be winning, winning that. They were awful, weren't they? If we'd have played anything like, I think we missed as, as, as like as gun players, mate. Karoma, I think these were the guys we badly lacked. I'm, I'm convinced we owned it at ten. I think you're right, Matt. I don't, I, I don't see him threading a ball through. There were times where he took. Not it in a three-five-two. Yeah, I don't, I don't. He takes it hard. I don't see him like kind of you know like even Kachunga that ball through. I don't see Holmes kind of doing it. He always wants to shoot and be the the glory man for me. I'm unconvinced of him being our ten, but I just think we lacked that. Quality, um, you know, and go going back to Moy, but that guy who was going to put that pass in that, create that bit of magic, it were two very ordinary sides, I'm afraid. I thought, mm, and there you had Barry Bannon as well, who seems to, uh, who'd have who I'd have in our side, but he seems to have had a dip, and a lot of those players at Sheffield Wednesday do as well, which is is crazy. Phil, I know we've not got you for a, a long time tonight, um, because there's obviously things for you to see outside that car window, um, <laughs> to, um, I want to start. I want to talk about Schofield. And I know we've touched on Schofield and Sai made some great points as well. Uh, I want to bring it into the QPR game because I thought Ryan Schofield had probably his best game for town at QPR since uh, Watford. Do you know where uh, in the home game against Watford where yeah. he made a number of uh, great saves? And I think it's it's right whereby we say negative. Well, not so much negative, but where we question maybe Ryan Schofield on the preview show. Me and Brady both said we'd we'd probably rest him. Was was the quote? You know. Um, but he's he's come back really with um, with a flourish, and you know what we also say is there's nothing better than a Huddersfield fan uh, playing for Huddersfield Town and and doing well. Um, and Ryan had a great game against QPR. Yeah, it's, it's difficult with that with with the Huddersfield fan shout because it, you in essence you do want your your own kind of homegrown uh, homegrown kids to play, but you want the best for your team as well, don't you? And, and you yeah. want to make sure you're winning. Um, it's, it's, it's always a catch-22, really. Some people who don't deserve to play will still kind of get that adulation just because they're local. So it's a difficult one, but I'm really pleased for him. I think Sai just hit the nail on the head perfectly there. The, the three at the back has really helped him, I think, as a younger keeper. And, and he has struggled a little bit in terms of the balls into the box. I think the three have been brilliant. I was going to touch upon it. I mean, I know I said that we didn't really get challenged, but some of the balls into the box uh, last night were dealt with so easily. From, mm. from the three centre-halves. You know, Navisar, uh, Keogh was brilliant, I thought, in terms of mopping up and, and sweeping up Two good up games there. in a row from Mr Keogh. Two yeah, and it, makes, and it makes a difference. You know, that three a at the three. back does make a difference. What it does is it just takes away from that kind of attacking flair. Um, but going back to, to Ryan, yeah, I think it, it, it it's needed. I think if, if, if you persevere with someone, you're going to get the best out of them at times, aren't you? You know, you're not always going to get 100% consistency, but you will get that from... Um, from just kind of keeping keeping them in a, in a in a bit of a run of games, and I think you can see it, even when we were struggling, I still don't think he looked he looked like he was lacking confidence. But you can see that there's more confidence in there now. Um, I think that saving made when when it was kind of like a, a clear kind of 
open goal really and it just put it down to his right and, and he didn't catch it but he, his second attempt to kick it away it kind yeah, of summed up the, it, yeah it, was it kind kick of away, wasn't it how, how switched on he was straight away and yeah 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 and, the danger, and, yeah. yeah I mean he, he, he'll probably look back at that and thought well I should have kept hold of it in the first place so well I'm hoping he would do because that's the kind of reflection that you want from a keeper but anyway yeah I think he's been I think he's been brilliant I think he's been much better um, and like you say, it does help when he's a, when he's an homegrown kid because we do want to get behind these kids. You know, my arguments about this academy have, have gone on for a long time, and I'm sat outside Oakwell now with my little boy who's eight year old, and and you know all these boys from Huddersfield are having to go to different academies. Oakwell, um, and it, yeah, and you know it's you know we, we've signed two more players here. One of one of lads is coming from Huddersfield, obviously, but there's a lad from Leeds, and you want your homegrown kids at the club, don't you? Because it means that a little bit more. Um, and and I'm sure you can relate to it, Phil. Yeah, exactly. I think you can, exactly. As, a, as a kid growing up, I was never good enough to, to kind of play at any sort of level beyond kind of Sunday morning football. But as a kid growing up, you always wanted to be picked up by a local team, and you kind of now knocking on a bit. You think back and think, go on, you try and make it. Do you know what I mean? Go on, open exit, and obviously that's a bit more challenging now with it with the academy structure yeah. being the way it is. Um, and you see, obviously yeah, with it. We've brought to in today, like you say, from local, but we've brought a lot in from London as well. And not that you can't relate to those, but there is something different about someone being kind of brought around the corner. Well, definitely. I mean, like I say, you talk about the academy structure, but we don't have one. We only have one from from the age of what is it, sixteen, seventeen. So you know, it, it, it's difficult for for fans really to you know we're, we're jumping onto. I mean, that is it. Diara scored that world, didn't it? Really, yeah, um, great goal. Yeah. He's not Huddersfield kid, but we're but we're gonna to have to jump on these, aren't we? You know, it's 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 our juniors now, and and it's a different way of looking at it. You know, I think of Boothies and you know Ian Lawson and, and young lads like this, who Delroy and, and people like that, who, Rodney Rowe, all Huddersfield kids, Chris Billy, you know, lists endless, and and you, you, there's an affinity to them, isn't there? Um, and we don't seem to have that at the moment. So, but end of the day, it's you know the whether it's someone from London, Liverpool. Scotland, it, it, at the moment, it's not making a difference. We just need young kids to come through and, and make a difference, don't we? Phil, what did you make of Jordan Rhodes? Uh, I thought he should have had a penalty. I thought Keel brought him down. Uh, you were red-button guys will have uh, not had the benefit of any replays because it was crap. But <laughs> us uh, dodgy TV guys had the benefit of a few, and I thought... But again, it, it sounds like it's other still towns done and dusted for next season, but I just... I don't know. Cosy, I missed it. I missed that penalty. I was more, I was more disappointed with uh, when Fraser Campbell had that chance to, to have a shot, and then he cut inside, um, and and everyone was was looking for a penalty there. It, it were, I thought he should have uh, taken his shot off there. I missed that. But are you saying it in relation to should we have Jordan Rhodes at the club? Yeah, next I'm year? just thinking if that's an audition. I mean, it's it's a bad argument really because he's playing an hour in a crap team on a crap pitch. You were down, but I'm just thinking, can you, from what we saw for an hour last night, can that erupt to be a a great other still town? Player again, and that's so I'm just unconvinced, mate. About no, it. I, I don't believe we should. I think we should, we no. should be moving on. We should be looking at these, we should be looking at other players for me. I think he's had his time at Huddersfield. I know it sounds bad, really. That's me coming as an ex pro, but I just think he's had his time. He was good for it, he was very good for us. I was, you know, I was really impressed watching him when he played. In fact, I, fit, I felt sometimes he was let down when he was at the club because some of the runs he made were unbelievable. <laughs> and when I was sat up above the dugouts and you could see from the top tier some of the movement, but. I just think we, we need to move on. We need to look at other players. I really do. Let me ask you a question. I might, ask you, I might be asking the question you're about to ask, but if you don't take your Rose next season, do you take Yaya Sanogo for another season? Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, like-minded, eh? Bloody hell. 
Uh, <laughs> I, I was I was going to ask you a lot of that because I mean he's he's looked good, hasn't he? You know he's he's yeah. he, he, he battles, he, he challenges up the top, he's winning headers. You know he, lo- he looks like he wants to work hard. We haven't really yeah. It technically looks good in terms of linking play. Link play is good. You know? yeah. yeah. So <laughs> the only the only question is, you know, we'll say this and we'll oh, Sonogo's playing well, but then if he gets the chances that Fraser gets and he still doesn't score him. Well, he missed from a yard against QPR that we should probably gloss over where he kind of got his body a bit twisted, didn't he? (laughs) No, I'm not having that. That would have had a chance for that, mate. That would have took a chance. No, when you watch it back, I'm not. He's a professional footballer. He should be scoring him all the time. The ball in. Two yards out. Nah, that would have a tough opportunity, that, mate. The keeper were there. Yeah, them two yards is a tricky yard. Oh, come on. <laughs> Did, you if that was Fraser, would you be as lenient? I don't Ooh. think so. <laughs> What's up for be what frothing? <laughs> screen stuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay then. Uh, what I would like to talk about. So let's let's go to uh, the YouTube channel. Uh, so hello to everyone watching at the minute. There's 28 watching uh, our hundredth episode. Um, Damien Wells says, I think we would have been feeling different had we drawn at QPR and beaten Wednesday, but he's chuffed with the four points from those two games. Uh, Jacob Hurst said, a poor game by poor design. Game plan went out as soon as they scored, as it was attack versus defense, uh, which is true. Uh, Tom uh, on here mentioned something quite uh, quite good, and I'm going to throw this to you, Pause, because we've touched on the back three and you as our resident centre-back. Uh, I just want to... I want you to let us know or tell us how good the back three have been because he mentions Romani Edmonds Green hasn't uh, we haven't lost since he's come back in and we've obviously Cosy's buzzing about being four unbeaten as well but we've only <laughs> conceded two goals in those four games I think just looking back yep two in four um, the defense just tell us how good the defense has been and the improvements in Keo and uh, and Nabis Nabisari against Cardiff I thought was outstanding yeah. I've always been a I like 3 5 2 as a formation. Um I, I think it gives you another modern day it seems to be you know the, the four two three one now, doesn't it? Everyone seems to play that. But I, I like three five two because you can shift it quite easily into a into a five three two. And I think when you've got three centre halves and only one spearheaded striker, it gives the other two a, a big chance to just get a little bit, they've got a bit more composure because they've got a lot of sort of thinking time, haven't they? And uh, Edmunds Green has he's obviously been a young lad. He's probably played in that mindset. You know, Keogh's probably a little bit more old school way, you know, your, your frantic centre-half who was at a tackle and block and Nabisar, oh, can happen with him. So I think as daft as it seems, Edmunds Green coming in has probably been a little bit of a calming influence on, on back three. Um, and I think, you know, for such a young guy um, to be able to come into a team that's been struggling in that area and sort of improve the whole of the defensive line and also the keeper, you know, fair fair play to him there. Um, he spends a lot of time dicking around on TikTok from what I've seen. So it's obviously it comes natural to him because, um, you know, he's obviously got a lot of spare time on his hand. But fair play to him if he's... Um, if he's playing like that, then you don't mind it, do you? He's been a he's been a good asset over the last few games, and as you say, a couple of goals conceded in four games. It's it's unheard of this season. So that's off to him as well. I'll throw this Pozzo, out what's to wrong, you. What's wrong with TikTok, Boz? Ah, <laughs> uh, don't get me started, man. My youngin has it, man. It's all he talks about. I'm sick of hearing about it. I don't need town players on there as well. <laughs> <laughs> Fellas, I'm gonna sorry guys. I'm gonna have to shoot. Cheers, Phil. All Cheers, right, Phil. Phil. Listen, yeah, just, Phil. Uh, uh, 
a big well done for everyone, by the way, as well. 100, 100 episodes, it's great, isn't it? So keep up the good Cheers, work. Man. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, Phil. Cheers, Phil. It's like Phil's car's steamed up, so he's had to go and uh, stick his stuff on. So that's that's fine. Please have uh, arrived. <laughs> right. Okay. So great stuff. So uh, thanks for those. But I'm going to throw it out to all of you guys. And this, we we obviously have had a change in style, and that change in style for me has brought a change in uh, fortunes for that defense as well. Pause. You know. So uh, we 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 talk about bringing in Romani Edmonds Green, but in in terms of playing safe first, you'd notice on the goal kicks now they don't really split. It kind of goes to the halfway line. Uh, how how much you know a, a player like Ramad Edmonds Green as well? I don't think you can underestimate how he, not having to worry about playing at the back has also impacted on how well he can now concentrate on defending as well. And maybe that goes for all three of them. Uh, just throw that out there to you guys. And and how much do you put the newfound defensive resolve down to uh, the changes in style at the back? Don't all shout at once. Brady, I'll pick on you. All because the lady loves milk tray first. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I think um, I think uh, listening to Stephen Jiggin, I think he made the good point. Like Naby Sarr, we were touching on, obviously had the mistake, but he's been a lot better recently. And I think that is the change in style. You know, it's a simple thing to say, but the less he has to do with the ball, the less likely he's going to make mistakes. And I think that's the same. Um, I think there's probably a wider point of whether we want this style next season. Um, but we do look a lot more solid. And I, I think that's, you know... <sighs> We've talked about, I think Poz always has the points tally, but what is it, 24 points from, uh, we lost 24 points from losing, uh, from winning positions. You know, if we were tight and defensively, of course, you're not going to get um, all 24 back. But if we got 10, for example, we'd be more than safe. And I think, um, I, I think the change in style has been good. I think it's needed. Um, I think it was a real concern. Um you know, a couple of games ago and, you know, maybe that's the introduction of Snogo, but I think just being a bit safer, just getting us over the line. Um, I would really like to talk about <laughs> getting towards the end of the season, talking about how next season will be better. You know, I would like to talk about how this season's been good, but it is very, like, we're at the business end. There's what, like less than 10 games to go. We do just need to kind of uh, finish well, I think, so we can build on something for next season. But um yeah, we do look a lot more solid. I think, you know, like you've touched on Matt, Keo's looked a lot better. Um, mm, yeah, and I think he's given them less to do. And like you say, if they're not playing out from the back and passing it out, um, they can concentrate on, you know, being solid defensively, going up against those challenges. And I think, again, it's, it's then it's not as much on them, it's on the strikers. You know, we were complaining about giving errors away for the defenders and giving away sloppy goals, which <laughs> did happen last night. But if we're doing that less and less, then that's more on the, the strikers if we're keeping clean sheets to, to win us the game. Yeah, Jacob, Earth, uh, Jacob Earth just put about Charlie Austin going up on Twitter. Did he kick off? I didn't see that. Uh, it's something about one up on Richard Keogh, didn't he? And then he'll say they never, he'll never be one up on me because of the playoff final or something, which was scored by Bobby Zamora, not Charlie Austin. But oh, you, know, know, um, you know, Sean Morrison uh, as a beef with Richard Keogh as well. There was a video going around. I don't know what Richard Keogh's done to people. He's got, he's got a few uh, enemies. <laughs> yeah, Shepard Wednesday commented there. Oh, we've got previous with him as well, so. Former Northerly Q, if you uh, want to have a go at Mr. Q. <laughs> King Shithouse, maybe. That might be the uh, thing. Cosy, you, you've got a wonderful way with words and describing things sometimes. And um, uh, Brady sort of, sorry, I almost called Brady Tom then for a second. But Brady, I know I've not known you that long, Brady, have I? So I sat there looking like an indie bass guitarist. But talk about how we played out from the back. And Nabisar uh, started the move quite brilliantly by breaking lines with the pass, uh, which start to... Uh, 
to fed, fed into Luis O'Brien. And just talk us through that goal and Bakuna's strike against QPR because when you watch it back, it was some goal, really. Yeah, it was. And uh, Bakuna is not afraid of uh, having a strike on that as well. And it were, uh, it were a nice finish. If we, I think we're being honest with QPR. They should have uh, done what Bakuna did to them. I mean, that, I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, straight at uh, Schofield. Uh, Todd Kane. Yeah, Todd Kane. So, you know, we should have been behind there. But, yeah, really good and O'Brien getting forward. That was pretty evident as well early last night. It didn't quite happen, you know, later on in the game. But it's when he gets forward, he kind of, he's quick as well, isn't he, for a little guy? and uh, Carries it brilliantly, doesn't he? Carries yeah, the ball does. brilliantly. Yeah. He does. I like what he does. And, uh, yeah, Bakuna, his marmite, isn't he, with town fans. But great finish. And, uh, again, we kind of, I, it was so comfortable on Saturday. I, it was untown like, really. I, you're waiting for the error or the kind of editing. QPR were getting frustrated. The, the ex England man, Andy Sinton, uh, was uh, doing a commentary on my TV and uh, you were very frustrated with him, but they showed nothing. I think they'd been on a good run as well. But the thing that made me laugh most of all when he said uh, Fraser Campbell had uh, 12 minutes in an England shirt, I can't believe that. It's true. Yeah, I, remember, I remember that. Yeah, I remember when he played. He, yeah, uh, he had a really good spell. I think he was at Car- was he at Cardiff where he had a good spell yeah. in the top flight. Yeah, and he uh, he got a call up, and there was a, it was around the same time people like Jay Bothroyd and whatnot were getting called up as well. Um, I think if we're being honest, though, guys, rather than Sheffield Wednesday had done, I think out there Wickham have they won a game in the other week, but rather than you can't see him winning them games in hand. I think you said it before, positive. The are they five- are they allowed to play? Because uh, I didn't read that. Because just to fill people in who are obviously listening to our conversation, Pos, you put a uh, a post in our WhatsApp group, didn't you, about how twenty five people have had coronavirus at Rotherham? Does that is that current or is, does? It, I'm does not imp- sure, Matt. To be fair, because when you clicked on the link, the BBC article had either been taken down or it were it were blocked for some reason. So whether or not the information were originally wrong, I'm I'm not hundred percent sure. But I think what Cosy says is right. You know, Wednesday. After not gaining out on us last night, I can't see them catching us. Rotherham, although they've got games in hand, they're not going to win them all. You know, love to play in quick succession. I think people as well also forget that there's a few teams be- between us and the actual drop zone. Where that you know some fans go on, you'd think we were you know fourth bottom, but be- below us there's still is it Derby, Forest, Birmingham? Yeah, Birmingham. I think what's going to be interesting for us guys is our next two games, obviously against. Norwich and Brentford, Brentford and Norwich and Bournemouth, I suppose you could throw that in as well. Three of the best teams in the in the division. Mm. Is Carlos going to kind of, this real Bustalo, we're going to surprise him. It, it's going to be interesting, really. I just hope that, like you said, Brady, that, you know, it needs to must needs to must at the moment. We need to do something different. We've criticised him for not doing it. So it'll be fascinating to see what it does there as well, because Norwich are just taking everyone apart out there at the moment. And, uh, you know, and Bournemouth, a bit of a miss, but you know, Phil Billing with his uh, gangly overhead kick. Oh, yeah, and obviously, uh, Brentford game's been shifted to Saturday, so we'll have a little bit more rest as well. But they're, they're kind of a they're, they're three interesting games, and I think the good thing is the pressure's off a little bit now for us. Having said that, watch rather than win the next two before we go. <laughs> but it's uh, I'm fascinated to see how we approach these because, like Swansea, you don't expect much card if you didn't expect much, and we delivered. So, can we do it in them three? But yeah, for the future, maybe them games. From my point of view, sorry, Matt, um, completely agree with everything that's been said around the defence being much more solid. One word of caution would be the, the calibre of opposition that we've played, Birmingham, QPR, Sheffield Wednesday. These are the greatest teams um, and kind of shown by the position in the league table. So, interesting to see how this kind of 3-5-2 formation works 
against some of the better teams that you mentioned there, Cosy. Um, I think that would be a, a, a more difficult test for us. I think what I'd like to see, and kind of links back to Brady's point, is we get enough points to get safe and then actually let's see perhaps some of these kids we've brought in, the likes of Sorba Thomas, towards the back end of the season, a little bit more reflection of the, <laughs> more reflection of the style what we hope to see next season. So I think kind of the end of the season could then be quite, quite interesting for us. We do need to get enough points to be safe, first of all. Sadly, I don't think we'll be seeing Danny Grant, who uh, went off injured on his first appearance for the under-19s the other day. So um, it's, he's, he's had it really tough since moving over. And he probably doesn't listen to the podcast, but if he does, uh, we'd all, I think, surely wish him wishing the best in his recovery. Ah, he's, had a, he's had a tough one. I remember sat in Angonite Cricket Club that night when Romney Critchlow played Nottingham Forest in August. And uh, I thought, wow, what a player we've got here. I, I don't know. It was, it was a bit of a for me. I, I thought it was a. I thought it was poor against Rochdale. I thought it was a bit of a Liam Rydalsh style man of the match award where he did a couple of things towards the end, but during the game he was a bit so so. First half, I, I don't think he's quite there. I don't think he's far off, but I don't think he's quite there. It's weird, isn't it? The guys that we were kind of saying like Simon Matt and Plymouth. They've, they've really nowhere. Maybe it's one for another pod, and it kind of looking at the youngsters. I think and... if I think if Nabisar got injured, I think Critchlow coming being that left footed one, but I think. Yeah. Nabisar's nailed it, hasn't he, at the minute? Um, so I, I, I don't think they would play Critchlow. I think Critchlow, the left of a back three, would actually be quite decent. He's got that left foot and he plays wide quite well as well. So I think that's one to, to maybe have a look at. The, the Pippa thing just, I kind of, I, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago how he, he was enjoying it playing on the left and, you know, kind of maybe it gives us, we were kind of a bit positive about it. But Set seen, the goal up against QPR. Yeah, it's, I still don't know what to think, to be honest with you. Fair play to it for just cracking on and, Making a good fist of it, but I just prefer, you know, round pegs and round holes. But it is, right. it is, I think the thing is what is pretty clear to me, Jaden Brown, nowhere near it is. Mm. Yeah, he, he had a concussion and he's, he's uh, not been not been around the squad as he since he came back. So I'm not sure what's going on. Whether there's an injury, they've just not told us. Uh, Toffolo's mm. quite a long way off. I, think so when, I, well, I was going to say some good news, guys. When... The the good news is we've now got this international break, but in April. Uh, we are expecting the likes of Toffolo, Josh Karoma, and Carolighting, and a couple of others to be back uh, and available. So, yes, <laughs> <laughs> apparently, apparently that's is is well, God knows what's going oh, on there. God. But apparently, it's back with the AFL that one. But you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens actually. If we, like you say, there's a couple of a couple of weeks off now. If we do get players like that back, because I can I can see three five two being a preferred formation. If you've got your three centre halves there and you've got Toffolo's left wing back and Pippa as right wing back. I know I, I, I bigged up playing Pippa on the left. Um, and I think that does work in a 4-2-3-1, more, more of a formation. 3-5-2, I think it does struggle because you pushed up almost 10 yards further. And I think a couple of times last night, it got beyond the 18-yard box line out wide, if you know what I mean. And he had to cut back in. Whereas if you're wanting your players to play on opposite flanks, I've got to kind of be cutting in to shoot from 18 yards. So I think if, we, if we're going to look at playing 3-5-2, I think he's better, obviously, back on right and Toffolo on left. We we three centre halves, and then you know it's who do you, who which three do you pick pick for the middle? You, you've you've got Hogg, Bakuna, um, O'Brien, Aiton if he's back. So all of a sudden, when when as much as we've bemoaned lack of players uh, over bad, this really. season, when everybody's fit, when you when you start to analyse it that way, all of a sudden you've got a competition for places in some areas at the pitch, which can only be a good thing. Yeah. Uh, 
I think playing the younger players towards back end of the season, ideally, I think they probably would have liked to be in that situation now, where they could probably be doing it for a little bit longer. Also, um, with this Danny Ward guy that I saw on bench, I didn't, I've never heard of him. <laughs> I'm not sure, mate. I think it was at Waterboys. He must have snuck <laughs> onto the bus. I've never seen him before. <laughs> well, if you want to know about manga, uh, manga. About Sauber Thomas, apparently he can play left wing back as well. So there's uh, an option there mm. for Sauber Thomas. If you read Brady's article on uh, on the man himself on the website, I believe, Brady. There we go. A nod to that. Uh, right, let's have a look at the uh, Dean Hoyle. Dean Hoyle did an interview with uh, one of uh, Danny Hoyle's uh, mates from school, uh, Felix Pate, I think he was called. Uh, I thought he did a decent job considering... Uh, what he is, an Everton fan who's just interested in uh, football statistics and uh, recruitment models. I-, I thought, you know, he uh, he did a decent, um, made a decent account of himself. Um, it was always going to be one where, though, Dean was obviously going to be able to, you know, control specific narratives and, and whatnot about the interview because, obviously, um, you know, it's, it's a young lad he's, he's doing it with. But on the whole, I thought they both came across quite well. Um, it feel, We'll probably touch upon this briefly because it was more so last week's news, if you like. Uh, but what was the um, general feel that you got? Shall I shall I say my general feel from it, and then you guys yeah. chip in, or do you want to guys jump in no, first? I'm not worried. Yeah, go. Uh, so yeah, the main thing that stood out for me, um, a lot of this, a lot of the stuff at the, st- at the start, is pretty much what Dean said on the podcast we did with us. You know, there's nothing groundbreakingly new there. Uh, what was pretty new was in terms of he talked a little bit more about the American investors, and. Um, I remember when he came and told us there were a couple of Americans involved and the, the rumors were, you know, the, the guys that own Washington, et cetera. And, um, and, uh, and at the time it sounded more exciting to go with something like that. Uh, it always does, doesn't it? Um, but when he explained it in terms of that, they uh, would essentially take the debt or the loan stock, pay him back in full and then put the loan stock back on Huddersfield town and then charge double digit interest. You all of a sudden you're looking at that and going, well, that's 61 million quid, the club of Dean Hoyle. Um, if they're going to charge, and then they run about securing assets as well, so buying other bits and bats as well. So all of a sudden, you're looking at potentially six to seven million plus a year interest paying back on something which they've put back onto the clubs. Essentially, they're cream, you know, these these guys sound like hedge fund managers, maybe to me, and they're essentially scheme, skimming off uh, six, six, seven, eight million pound profit a year on Huddersfield without really putting much in and the parachute payments would probably be then used to fund uh, a tilt that promotion and go back. But once the parachute payments run out, that's when you, you worry is because Huddersfield town is not a money-making machine. Let's, let's be honest. Huddersfield town football club commercially, Sean did a great job taking it from where it was to where it is now, but it, it Huddersfield is not exactly Monaco. You know, it's not a massively rich affluent area whereby people just throw money at it willy nilly. It's, you know, people work hard for what they've got and they'll, They'll spend what they have. And Huddersfield doesn't make masses of money. So when that parachute payment runs out, they've either got to be incredibly creative or they've got to put more of their own money in. Otherwise, that club would go sinking further into debt. And that's when things would start to get a little bit problematic. So my, my take really was I understand more why he went down the model he did with Phil. Um, so I've got more respect for that. Well, I had respect anyway, but I've got more respect now for that decision he made looking at you know what the potential other side was and uh, so I thought fair play to Dean with that I thought bits of the interview were maybe a little bit contrived if that's fair to say you know it seemed a little bit like he wanted to get certain points across um, because of what maybe people have been saying online which is fair enough you know um, but overall I thought they both came across quite well um, what about you guys let's shoot that across to, to you guys and online as well let us know what you thought of the 
Hoyle interview and we'll pick out any any bits that you guys post on there as well. I yeah, just, I think in I your own time. One pause. I was gonna say I think I think it were a it were a decent interview. I think you know when it first when it first came out, it was one of those to me it seemed more of a promotion of the young lads, you know, podcast and, and whatever he does than than anything else. It would never I think the, the lad probably shot didn't get out of it what he maybe wanted to get out of it. I think he probably shot himself in foot by asking online if anyone had any things to that fans wanted to know from Hoyle, you know, to sh- to fire him in because I put it, I would imagine that totally changed the, the script. Um, I think Matt's right; it were very much led led by Hoyle. He, he got across what he wanted to get across. There were points that if I were interviewing, I would have pushed him on quite a few points, you know, just to get a little bit more detail. He, he skirted around a couple of things where it would have been nice to get the meat on the bones. But, you know, that young lad's never going to be doing something like that. Or Hoyle's obviously doing him a favour in first place. He should be expected him. to either, should he really, to be fair. He's not a... No, I mean, that's not his Jeremy Paxman, is it? No, that's not his, that's not his job. He's a chest, uh, is Jeremy Paxman, apparently, if you read online. But there we go. Is it? Oh, well, never liked him. Uh, yeah, there was, there's, there's little bits of snippets of information that, that came out. I think he, he mentioned that he were originally going to take his money back at over three, and now it looks more like six to seven. Mm. Uh, he put some a little bit of information in there about the remaining 25%. Did he say it were valued at about 1.4 million? So if that's a quarter of what the club was sold for, I mean, it might not be that, it just might be the deal. Yeah, it's never, it's never, yeah, it's never always. Never got yeah. on that. Um, but yeah, I think I think it would have been a little bit more exciting to sell to an American or a Chinese investor or a shake or something like that for a few years. But you know, look sure, at, at Blackburn, as uh, said. And Wigan, you know, they did that. They went down that route and look where, look where that landed. And yeah, so, apparently one of the guys at Charlton who um, the East Street Investments, apparently they were quite interested in us at one point. So, you know, be thankful for not going down that route. Yeah, I think it's 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 tough. And it came off the back of three bad, well, not bad season. First season you can class as successful because we stayed up, but we're still losing football pretty much every week, wasn't it? And then since he got ill, it just seemed to go downhill dramatically fast from then. It just shows really what sort of influence Hoyle had at the club. And if he were running the show pretty much on his own, I mean, you know, it's not it's not hard to understand why when he recovered or recovering from an illness such he had, he didn't want to get into that and, and take it on. So he did mention on there, I think, that the, the plan that Phil is doing, he would have done, you know, very, very similar. So although, you know, we've all been critical of Phil for sort of cutting the wage bill and everything like that, Hoyle, said that he would have done that whether he would or not is a, is a different matter you know that's what he said so you've got to take it at face value I can't see I can't see why he'd lie um, so yeah I think it just appeases a little bit of the sort of the hatred that's gone towards Hoyle I think a lot of people were sort of you know out to get him and saying it's ruined his legacy and everything like that but as you've said Matt for me you know I've always been a big Hoyle fan he put his money in no one else wanted to put it in he's perfectly entitled to take it back I think my only criticism was the speed in which you were taking it back, which now seems to have changed. So that's off to him for that. Um, and we'll, we'll see where we are, you know, after this, this parachute money has, has run out. But, you know, speaking to a few people at the club, uh, sort of off the record, they, they seem to have a bit of a plan. And I think they're just literally trying to get through this season and through COVID. And I think the, the big reset will be this summer, as we've said many times on here, it's, it's probably the biggest summer, in, and we've said this many times as well, but it's probably the biggest summer. There's got to be some sort of statement of intent from front board, and if the plan works, and if these youth team players that are coming through are as good as what the clubs think they are, 
you know, you never know. In twelve months' time, we might be sat here, sort of being being Barnsley and, and discussing potential, you know, promotion. So hopefully, it'll work out. Um, I think the biggest it. sadness for me that this guy has given us the best years of our life. He's given us stuff we'd never dreamed of, mate. We beat Man United. We've, you know, we got promoted and stuff. And this guy doesn't know if he wants to come and watch Huddersfield Town when we're back mm. in the ground. And that no, is very sad. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, he has been watching the games, and he, I mean, we'll see. I, I do think, like, you can, I, I don't think it's a black and white answer. I think you can, I, I've only, we spoke about it, Matt, uh, I've only read the snippets. I'd, I'd like to listen to the podcast for context. Um, but yeah, I think you can, I think you can be happy with what Dean did. Obviously, we were all chuffed what we did, and he took us to Premier League. We never expect that. I think you can question some of the stuff he's done um but i think there's there's plenty of reasons for that obviously he's clarified some things in the podcast um yeah i, d- I don't know i see i think it's one of them where we don't really know what's going on because again there's a lot of issues i think we we touch on it every week as i'm sure our listeners know but you know we went from being communicated with a lot when things were going well things didn't go so well because dean was ill uh, and now it's kind of a little bit less. And I think it's all kind of related to that. You know, again, if Huddersfield Town were doing well, I don't think anyone would be bothered about what happened with Dean and Dean's deal, et cetera, et cetera. But because we're not doing well, people question it because it's like, well, is that the reason we're not doing well? And it's not, it's all kind of related. It's all different. I don't need to tell you guys because I know it, it might be a part of it. I think the thing is with Dean, you know, we will know. Unfortunately, we probably will will never find out the true extent because I, I think Phil might have touched on it. But like, you know, when you sign contracts, normally when you sign contracts with chairman, there's um, like non disclosure agreements, so you can't name everything. So we never will know. I I don't know. I think with that comment with Dean, I heard I did hear that bit. I don't know how true that is, and I don't think people would turn on him um, because I think a lot of people are annoyed at Phil and like I say as we've said a million times and there's plenty of caveats to that it's not just Dean's deal um, even if it has been extended it's COVID it's etc so again it's let's just get through this season and we'll see when fans are back and we'll see what team we've got on the pitch and then then I think we'll be able to judge judge the mood of town fans really Yeah I didn't really want to delay too much on that because like I say it's been last week's news and a lot of people have already had their say if you have a look on down at the Mac um, there's some good threads on there actually on, on it well, um, people have got opinions on down at the Mac I didn't know that apparently so yeah apparently so uh, but to there are fair, actually some there's some decent ones on there to be fair yeah. there's uh, there's one or two decent posters on there who are quite balanced uh, one of them I might ask him on here one day but it's a bit of a weird conversation starter isn't it but, yeah I'll tell you just a quick one Matt sorry but one big thing and Brady you brought it to our attention Sounds like KSDL's going uh, belly up, doesn't it? Which will be very interesting regarding the, uh, the stadium and maybe a, a full ownership by Huddersfield Town, you would hope. Uh, yeah, that was in the last report I saw, was that uh, Huddersfield Town uh, potentially taking over uh, yeah. running of the stadium, not ownership, but running of the stadium. Running, yeah. yeah. Be um, to be honest, mate, I... I look at KSDL and I don't think they've done an amazing job there. They, they seem very obsessed with uh, the HD1 project, which, come on, the ski slope's not exactly <laughs> not exactly needed, is it, with Castleford and Manchester, you know, be, you know, between the two, you know, how many people ski between Castleford and Manchester. Um, but some of the other things there, like the little music venue I thought would have been quite good, you know, some of the eateries and takeaways. There's not a lot in Huddersfield. Um, 
you know, in terms of uh, chain restaurants, I know the chain restaurants and people sometimes turn their nose up, but, you know, they're cheap and cheerful, aren't they? And there's not a lot, really. And I thought something going on down there would have been quite good. And if you could link the town centre then to uh, to the stadium, it might be quite decent. Um, you know, maybe on match day, you'd be, be down there and, you know, having a couple of drinks, etc. The gas clubs are a bit... Un- I don't know what's going on with it. No one knows what's going on with the gas club these days, do they? Yeah, but we don't know about the future, do we? Um about the gas club, so there's a lot, a lot going on, and uh, KSDL at concerts in particular, they they tended to be a bit of a money spinner early. And I remember, do you remember back in the day they had REM there, and there were absolutely thousands. Bon Jovi, they had some great concerts, and then all of a sudden it got to about 2003. I think they had Elton John, Lulu, which you know wasn't all, was all right, uh, and then there was nothing. They had Il Devo, which had to get cancelled, and then there was absolutely nothing for years under uh, when when Town were back sort of middling in league one and whatnot there was nothing really going on and it just felt like there's been some there's been like a missed year and i think sometimes they blamed the uh summer rugby for it but that's that's bollocks because you know the fixture lists are only done a year in advance get things booked in do you know what i mean and then you know i'm sure super league would work around stuff it's it's rubbish and i think they've taken the easy way out a lot of times uh, but yeah so for me more concerts more things to do down there the, the car park's huge you could easily have loads of uh you know, the Huddersfield food festivals up in town, but you can have beer festivals down there, you know, in that space. There's all sorts. I know we joke, don't we, about how the, uh, the <laughs> when they set the um, fan zone up down there, and it looked like a scene from Chernobyl. It wasn't great, was it? But um, there's, there's, there's things that can do there. And, you know, it just needs somebody with a creative mind maybe to, to, to do something a bit different. And then hopefully, uh, you know, more people will be down there and it'll make, uh, it'll make money. But I think, man, just, just coming in on that, um, Obviously, they were in that update that we're on. There were a meeting, um, the ATT and Cowshed Loyal Group also had a little bit of a meeting with Phil and stuff like that. And I think the overriding thing, without going into any details of anything which you said, um, is just watch this space on that because they have got some ideas, but they're just being held back at the moment by the situation with the stadium. So if that sorts itself out with what's been reported, then I'd imagine that there might be some big changes going on there in the benefit for Huddersfield town in the long run good and obviously so, there's the the hotel's got an okay hasn't it the the hotel's on its uh on its yeah, way, I think. Doing a few bits and bobs down there and i think the, the ownership structure and how the rents work and income and stuff like that uh will will change uh should it all go through which it, it looks like it will do so i think yeah, that'll be a, a massive positive thing moving forward i hope so uh, it's got potential down there for sure oh whose house Wayne House. House. And Neil has joined us. So, uh, so welcome, Neil. Neil. The formation uh, last night (laughs) and the uh, passing uh, zones, uh, can we? (laughs) So, Neil, welcome back to to the pod. Um, You've just joined us just in time, so we're just finishing off the the boring stuff, really, and we're going to now have a reminisce over... I just watched five minutes and it was boring, so there you go. I bought myself, mate. (laughs) So... <laughs> yeah, we we had about twenty five people watching. I think we've got about six now. Uh, but yeah, so let's reminisce about the good old days of uh, Andy takes that chance. So, um, question here, chaps. This is our one hundredth episode. But how many tracks have we done across YouTube and SoundCloud altogether? So that includes your warm up shows. You know your cherry tree chat, Cosy Drember. Uh, your uh, post match stuff at the Gas Club. Uh, some of the stuff Brady's done. With uh, you know the kits and uh, Laura Elford and the, the HTC women, so the pro- yeah, yeah, all of it, all of it, yeah. So it, including uh, one or two other little bits and bats that we've done, probably two hundred, close, one seventy, 
Oh, come on. Let's see who gets closest. Let's all have a guess. Ready? Seven, six. <laughs> Pause. Are we talking about in thousands here? No, no, no. <laughs> so Brady is closest. It's 175. So Brady was one off. So oh. we've actually had 175 pieces of crap <laughs> dropped on the internet, if you like. I but, talking about how many people have listened. <laughs> it's before, no, 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 no. Um, thankfully, there's a bit more than that. So the question is, how did it start? So I'm sure people have always wondered, how did you, you start a podcast? Um, or maybe the, the worst season ever haven't. in Uddersfield Town recent history. Well, yeah. Was that how it started? But we'll draw it back a little bit further. So it, it started really sort of 2009-ish, uh, 2009-ish really. Me, uh, myself and a chap called Johnny Hildred used to run uh, a blog uh, called HTFC Online. I don't know if anyone will remember, probably no one will remember that. Um, he did a load of graphical work and I did the blog, but I got a job with Huddersfield as a scout in 2011. That dried up. And then do you remember when Jack Hunt went on his helmet Big helmet spree when he when he called a load of town fans helmets back in 2013. Well, what happened then was all uh, anybody who was associated with the club had to sign a uh, a form which said we will not discuss anything uh, about Huddersfield Town on social media. So uh, it was a bit of a gagging order from from everybody. So uh, from the club. Uh, so what happened then is I uh, we we changed it into Thrice Champions and uh, and it was taken down a different route and then. Uh, when the academy halted in 2017, I thought, you know what, let's get back to it. Let's let's do something a bit different. And um, in 2018, some of us spoke to like Ball Street and a couple of others to get things rolling, and it went down a a separate route, and it ended up splintering off. And two people that I turned to first and foremost on this podcast, uh, firstly was actually Neil. I, I thought we'll try and persuade Neil and Cosy. And let's just say one of you was a bit more uh, game for it than the other, I reckon, initially. My wages weren't good enough then, Matt. I want to have that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you get paid for this? Well, the terms weren't good enough, mate. It was like, uh, you know, I was going to get a free transfer to another pod, but Matt sorted me out with some chocolate, mate, and we're sorted. Glass of water and a chocolate, yeah, chocolate bar, yeah, biscuits. <laughs> I think I'm my agent about this. So, uh, I just remember, do you remember back you in the know, day we used to sit? I, the one thing I remember that first podcast, we, we played, I think it was Leon, no, and we beat him, and do what De Potter scored. And I thought, this is going to be ace, this. We're going to have a like, good season. And oh, uh, it, was just, it was just as <laughs> Michael Heffley had left. So Michael Heffley had just left, and we, we did a, our first episode was called The Hefcast because we did a bit of a. We were all a bit sad. And I just remember being in that room. We had loads of rubbish microphones that were propped up in pint glasses and steins and stuff because we didn't have microphone holders and really a 10-year-old laptop and on, on a rickety table just in, in this back room where I'm sat now. And I remember being sat there. And in my head all along, I was thinking, oh, Cosy's got all this Radio Leeds experience. He'll he'll present it and we'll be, fi- we'll be fine. And we sat there. And I remember pressing record and we all just looked at each other, didn't we? And you, and you two looked at me and went, are you going to say something? And I was like, oh, I just thought, <laughs> and I was like, I thought Cosy was going to do it. And we were so unprepared at that point. And it actually we didn't end to, up we, too we used to have, never change, Matt. <laughs> we used to, Neil, we used to like get there for about six o'clock and sometimes leave about half ten. What, what, yeah. what, didn't you record a pod with Dean Oil and it didn't record or was that Phil? Which oh, one? That was, that was uh, we'll, we'll come through to we'll come through. Oh, the Phil one. We'll come, we'll come through to that because I've got so we've Neil's been uh, busy away, haven't you, with your AMC stuff, and you've also got us some um, 
videos to listen to, and I'll, I'll loop some of those through us. And what we'll do is we'll have a walk through um, the podcast episodes. And uh, so I've got a question for you. Can anybody remember? So what I've done is I've, I've created a, a number of heritage, like, uh, you know, rugby league and cricket, you have heritage numbers, don't you? Whereby uh, instead of squad numbers, you end up with heritage numbers, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And I've done it in order of who spoke on the podcast. So obviously, you know, because we sat there and I, I had to sort of front the, uh, well, not front, but present the episode. I was the first one to say, welcome to Andy Takes That Chance. So I've got number one. Neil is number two as the second person to ever speak on the podcast. Cosy's number three. Can you remember who the fourth person to ever speak on Andy Takes That Chance was for a Scooby snack? What did Danny G? Were it, were it your missus saying, Matt, what the hell are you doing in there? <laughs> <laughs> I need to hang the laundry up, yeah. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. No. Rafe Dinsdale? No, it was Ollie Fisher. He. Uh, so we did episode one, and then Mila, Mila. After, after episode one, Cosy did the uh, post-match show in the, in the gas club, and he had Ollie Fisher as his guest. Um, in episode two, we were joined by a fourth person, uh, so we went from three people to four. Um, you guys will know who that is, and he has been kind enough to send us this message. Hiya, I'd just like to congratulate uh, Matt and the team on being the 100th Huddersfield Town podcast, or 100 episodes of the podcast, I'm not sure which it is, but either way, well done. I think in this day and age, you guys provide a fantastic service to Huddersfield Town fans who have just sat through 90 minutes plus of a town game, watching them play like an absolute bunch of clowns, and then are happy to sit through another two hours of fans dissecting why Huddersfield Town have played like an absolute bunch of clowns, so fair play to you. I think you're all just bloody weird, to be honest with you. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? <laughs> He's not wrong. So, Danny G. <laughs> Danny G. You know, peak Danny G for me. And that, they were peak Huddersfield Town, but that season when we beat Wolves, match of the day two, and they put that video together. And that was the last time we were ever good in the history of football, I think. Mm. Do you <laughs> remember it? It just had that graphic said, He's here. He's there. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. And uh, some of them. It's such a shame we haven't got time to do with that website, that HTFC world, man. Oh. I sometimes go on it now and just look at something and you can, just by reading these reports, you can remember the game. Some of them were absolutely hilarious. This, the Peter Crouch one from like 1999, 2000 is still brilliant. You know, where the honest, biggest challenge at start were getting near his car park in space to your house and get there before he got there. <laughs> there. Oh, you can, you can get <laughs> yeah. here now. Yeah. It's like uh... Jim Bergerac in that open top now, <laughs> isn't it? Because he used to park three miles away and walk here and get a lift back to it, didn't he? What... <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah so after that reese dinsdale became our first shall we say celebrity i know he'll hate the phrase but he's popular sort of celebrity town fan that we did in episode four um Posa, a wait man city yeah Posa, you were number six um here i've got down so you were you know, that when we did a after man city we did a bit of a soundbite after game did we do you remember by Turnstiles. Yeah, Samba. Keep your heads up, lads. We've just been dick 6 1, but uh, we'll be all right this season. We'll turn it around. (laughs) (laughs) None of us believe that, did we? Didn't get invited back for about six months. So my views were obviously uh, way wide of the mark. Oh, dear. And then, then, guys, what became after that? The first international break, and it was episode seven, was probably one of my, I think, most. I think I, I think this is probably one of the most fun podcasts to do, and I've managed to take a, a small snippet from this, and it shows how incredibly professional, prepared, preppy we were back in the day, uh, how adult we were, mature 
picture, you know, all all the things. And um, oh, no. when we did when we did our uh, Huddersfield Town worst eleven, weapons initially we called it the Whoppers and Weapons. That's an but... idea what's coming here. And here we go. Paul McStay's dad was a bit of a bruising Glaswegian, and he's threatened them. You're not having Paul unless you take Willie. And I think that it, that's I think. <laughs> Keep going, keep going, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> you know what will come in then. Oh, man. So, so, Neil, so Huddersfield Town ended up receiving Willie. <laughs> That's worse. Must have been hit a few times since, haven't we? Yeah, we, we got criticised badly for that podcast because it were negative. We were digging players up out of nowhere. Yours, and Danny's number one right back in this slot. Oh, hang on, still going. Willies and slots, it's going wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say, I had booty, and that's not going to help, is it? <laughs> <laughs> right, I think that was that's enough for that. So, yeah, so you can see back then how uh, professional we were with. Uh, and, and growing up, but that Huddersfield that Town forever, worst eleven was was a lot of fun. Oh, that was pod that wasn't it? Five hours of summit. We named about forty five worst elevens. <laughs> <laughs> and I just remember, so I could easily get up that that team. Can you guys remember who was in that worst eleven? Tim Clark. Yep. Yeah. My man Willie. Yep. <sighs> Left back. I don't know. Vince Chapman. I think he was yours, but not in the end. Well, I'm, I'm still going with it then. Never mind. Um, Gordon Tucker. Yep, he was captain. Andy Duggan. Nope. I oh, were in mine, and I'm keeping him there because he was shit. Um, oh, it's an hour. Uh, he was not. I'm just getting the final one. Callahan, he was, wasn't he? Who's that? Sorry, Nigel Callahan. Yep, he played on the wing on the left. <laughs> he never did. <laughs> Matt Barham. Nope. Do you want do you want me to just name it? Yeah. yeah we, we, it? So the name so the team was Tim Clark and go, Willie McStay at right back, Kevin Sharp at left back. Oh, Gordon Tucker was 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 partnered by Eddie Yowds, the uh, shop oh, steward. The central midfield combo. We we had a split actually. John Kelly won out of the central midfielders, obviously. And there was a split between Kevin Lampkin and Marcus Browning for the second slot. Oh. And then on the wing. Tyrone Thompson was on the right. <laughs> Nigel Callahan on the left. And up front was Alex Dyer uh, and Alan Lee. Alan <laughs> Lee. I think Neil's, Neil's, uh, Neil's campaign for Alan Lee, I think, saw that one, saw that yeah, one home. I'm not letting that go. <laughs> not a fan. Dear Carby went around them days. We had I up before that. <laughs> do you know what? If, if you were to do this again, you would probably think... It won't be far off. It won't dear Carby and... Maybe um, Alex Pritchard might not be too far off for on a pound to pound value. They'll all be two thousand eighteen plus, wouldn't they? <laughs> mm, they won't be won't be very good. So um the first time that we um really sort of made waves outside of this room. Well, not made waves, that's probably the wrong wrong saying, but the first time we we picked up outside of this room and, and things kicked off was uh in episode ten, really. And uh, there's a gentleman with a message who joined us in this back room. Uh, and we got to question him on uh, a certain radio station. Hi, lads. Uh, just thought I'd send you a quick message to say congratulations on 100 podcasts. 100 podcasts. 
it's almost as many radio shows as we do at BBC Radio Leeds, almost as many, almost. And I thought the best thing to do would be to send you a nice, warm, heartfelt message from the home of West Yorkshire football, which I'm sure you'll all appreciate. Ellen Road. Shit toasters there, aren't you? Well done, lads. Podcasts are all brilliant. Um, very much needed in the current climate as well. So I know that people uh, fully appreciate what you guys are doing and trying to do and just keeping that match day feeling going when it's very difficult for us all. Hopefully, you'll all be back in very soon and hopefully you'll be able to see the Corbran army uh, march on up the championship table uh, whilst, whilst just down, down the road, road. along the M62. They'll be watching Premier League. <laughs> well done, lads. Johnny's had his last podcast with us. See yeah, you. I think that's, I think 10 and out, I think, there, Johnny. <laughs> as soon as he sent it back, I thought, he's done us here, hasn't he? Yeah, I, I saw that and I was like, yeah, fair play. Uh, but yeah, well, why not? Why, 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 let's not let's out him as a chesty while he's here. So, you know, we'll get around yeah, eventually. <laughs> but just to step in some of that, I remember trying to do some of them. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Uh, gas club pre-post games. Remember how many times I come to you when I was drunk on a Saturday night? How do you log it up? I remember getting Russ Fotherby, Jimmy Mack on. <laughs> and he were absolutely steaming. And he, every word was an F or a B and it was like, had to be cut. And then... You know, like back at Gaskell, but if everyone knows it with that cap, like I was getting further away just trying to get away from everyone because you know how everyone was like swilled up in there and <laughs> getting anyone who couldn't go a minute without swearing. Was so just swore yourself then as well. I know, it says me, cigarettes <laughs> and stuff, but yeah, they, they were fun times and, and as well. But God, it makes me wish so much how we were back in there and having a game. But it's, uh, yeah, me and you did one, Neil, didn't we? After I think Leeds beat us, didn't we, in that derby? and. Uh, but that were good though. I like. I always can go back to them. The rawness of the, you know, that you can't beat that. Can you? Twenty, thirty minutes after the game, have we found we are live ones? It's you get a different kind of emotion instead of kind of a day after, don't you? Not, you're not quite as composed, are you? And you're more likely to to lose it a little no, bit. That's but an excuse anyway. But yeah. So uh, number six, Dan Porritt. Number seven, Elliot Wheat Bowen. I'm sure we'll all remember where I tagged <laughs> on after Man City away, and he we, he gave us the infamous line, "Relentless machine," didn't he? Bless you, Elliot. <laughs> Uh, Jamie White came and joined us as well. Jamie did the first original Huddersfield Town podcast on down at the Mac. Yeah, Stu Foster had to come and sort the sound levels out because I was an idiot for the first seven or eight podcasts. So Stu came and helped us out, which was which was massive at the time. So thanks again for that, Stu. Um, Ash Heptonstall was one who Ollie brought down, and uh, I think him and Ollie were swilled up once, and that put paid to uh, a couple of. <laughs> I think Ollie broke our swear filter on that one, didn't he? 
Dan Fowler, Simon Taff helped us with Cash Bang Wallop uh, when we uh, needed some help on uh, financial matters. Um, Do you remember episode 20, guys, when David Wagner left and this sort of emotion from the, the king leaving, if you like? And at that point, you're thinking, we've just started this podcast a few months ago, episode 20. David Wagner's left. Our peak's gone, and it's now one slide down. Put a fork in it, we're done. We should have stopped there and then, shouldn't we? It was mm. a difficult podcast that I remember. I think it's one of those, you know, sometimes in life, you remember when some big news, I don't know, someone were assassinated or whatever. You'll never forget when you were, when David Wagner left. I, I'll never forget it. It's just like, I just didn't look for I've, I've never listened to Iron Sky by Paolo Nettini ever again, same. But that that video you put together after that were uh, a phenomenal video. Yeah, Danny, that was before I was any good with with them. So I pretty much went, Danny, please take this video and do 13 seconds to 24 seconds here and cut, cut, cut. So, you know, fair play to Danny G. I I was really bossy with that video because I really wanted it to be be good because it was David Wagner. But yeah, you know, sometimes when town are really, really crap, I (laughs) really sadly, because it's my video, throw that David Wagner video on sometimes and just sit there and watch it and just think, <sighs> and uh, do the same with the end of, you know, there's a, there's one with um, uh, at the end of the season, the, the goals at the end of the season in the Premier League video as well. And sometimes you just look at it and think it's never going to be the same again. Um, question for you guys, because Poz is asking me for the list of uh, people in uh, how many people we've had on the podcast. And I'm going to send it through to him in WhatsApp, but, so I'll throw this out as your second quiz question. Brady's one nil up on you all, and Brady gets really angry and competitive when we start doing quiz questions. And um, I have to watch losers every week on the pitch. I need to be up some winning. <laughs> so how many people? How many? So how many people have we had as a voice on the podcast? I'm talking town fans here. So uh, people that Brady interviews from other clubs have not included. So how many voices? So I've included Chris Carter in that, who sings the intro and outro for us. I'd have included um, Fiery Breeze as well, who do our intro, Russ Bathgate, and uh, Ted Chips, Mrs., uh, who do uh, who did the uh, the song that we used at the end as well. So all the songs, all the people that spoke on the podcast, how many people have we had? So that includes your uh, Reese Dinsdales, Johnny Buckins, et cetera, the guests that we've had. Oh, nice. oh, 50. Neil goes 50. Have we got higher, lower? Who have we got next? 72. 72, Cosy goes... Who's next? Simon. 61. Meet in the middle. 60. One. 61. Pozza. I, I was genuinely going to say 50, so I'm going to go to 47. Uh, Brady. Great mind, sub. Great mind. 67. 60. Bloody hell. So, Brady, how, how many out were you last time on the total podcast? One. You won out again. 60, 68 people we've had on this podcast. You can absolutely guarantee, you know, in Brady, like we do, you can absolutely guarantee that he has been counting and just got it wrong. <laughs> yeah, <it> was, yeah. <laughs> Told <laughs> you that confidence, mate. <laughs> there you go. So these people, so we'll we'll come and we'll talk about these people, but I've sent you it in WhatsApp pause just so you can have a <clears throat> have a look. So um yeah, so uh, after that, so 25. So Neil, I'm gonna come to you now because we brought in a feature. Um, very early on. And it, it, the best thing about bringing features in is when they're organic and they um, they develop from conversations. And I just remember uh, in the early days, we were probably a bit more unkind to people as what we, we are now. And, uh, you know, if someone was playing rubbish, you know, we'd maybe call them a whopper or a weapon. 
And what what grew out of that? Maybe not so much a player, but maybe somebody who'd said it's more likely media because we we did encounter a lot of whoppers and weapons from you know the likes of Danny Mills, etc. Uh, what born what was born out of that was indeed the whopper of the week, which went on to danger zone, uh, and in episode twenty five, probably the best uh, winner, uh, the guy who won what was then called the Whopper del Rey. Uh, after the obviously Copa del Rey, the Spanish Cup. So the winner of the Whopper del Rey and the tight uh, who won the title of the Belendor uh, was the uh, kid from Wolves who um, suggested uh, that Huddersfield Town should take up archery and also another number of absolute nonsense that he came up with. Um, the Whopper of the Week, Neil, was um, something that we don't do now, obviously, because you know things move on and you, you everything moves on and you, your attitudes change to certain things, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, it is podcast now. <laughs> See, yeah, but you, you can you kind of you kind of get to a certain stage where you think, eh, okay, maybe we can drop that in favor of something else. But um, doing those videos with Danny G about Wilfred Zaha, you know, he's diving and other things were quite quite fun in the early days. To, to be honest, looking back at it all, not just the whopper stuff, just all of it were good fun, wasn't it? And uh, I think, personally speaking, I mean, I mentioned this earlier on on, on on chat. Personally speaking, for me, it came at a really sort of important time because it it probably aided me in not losing the, the plot completely when I were in uh, and people were known at the time I will probably be lowest point then um but you do the old as I talk about now at work a lot putting the mask on and hiding it and the the, the podcast we were you two at the start was one of the the things that sort of really helped keep me going to be honest and and keep me head on straight and facing forward so it's uh I've got a lot to be thankful for for the podcast. And on the back of that, going to various games and meeting various people, it got me back into work and, and to where I am now. So the podcast is much more than us having sat here, having having the crack and having a laugh. And don't get me wrong, that's a massive part of it and, and the serious points and the digging people out and whatever else. But behind all that, it really helps people. And uh, mm. I think people, not just us either, people away from the podcast sort of, Look forward to it, and obviously with you lads now taking it on, they look forward to tuning every week. You get when you look on the same people comment every week, don't they? Yeah, it, and the, pe- the people that, Cosy, the people that have stuck with us all the way through. I'm, I don't want to fast forward it too far because we've got a couple of people to mention in them. But some of the uh, people that got involved with us, the tweeters, messages, um, tweet questions, etc. It's it's invaluable, really, when you put a podcast together because. When you put a podcast together, you kind of think, oh, no one's going to really listen to this. But And then you're kind of happy when 100 people do. And then when 1,000, 2,000 start listening to it, you're like, wow, this is a bit this is a bit surreal, is this? And then the comments come in. And you really appreciate people who, and it's not just a case of people kissing your backside or anything, but people who support you and people who, when things don't go quite well, people just go, oh, it's all right, chalk it off, you know, and we're looking forward to the next one. And um people who get involved really and drive the topics as well. And, you know, even if it's not so much a positive, you know, something positive, we had a lot of comments about the technical, technical, technical quality. See, I can't even do it. Uh, the sound quality, but that helped us, you know, we went and we improved it. We, um, we got sponsorship through magic rock and, you know, again, another town fan, Richard Burhouse really helped us. And you know, the people that I, I probably wouldn't still do this if we, if it wasn't for people who got involved with the podcast and, and helped drive it on, to be honest. People like Andy Kay as well. He jumped in, didn't he, at one yeah. point and helped us out and class. Helped everyone out by silencing Cosy Ryoki. I think that's what, <laughs> that's what it did. But it's huge. It. 
really appreciated was going to the games. Uh, and a number of times, like, I'm walking in at bars afterwards and people, you're on that podcast, aren't you? I love it. My dad loves it, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I just, because I, it's not been about, like, viewing figures and listening figures for me. It was all about just me kind of having a bit of a therapy. Someone tweeted us today saying it's brilliant therapy for them. And that's the way I saw it. I thought we were kind of yeah. really like to kind of get it off the chest and, and stuff. Cause obviously I've always kind of been on radios and phone-ins and stuff. So I, I really uh, kind of appreciated it. And if you think in that season, when we started, we were so bad and it was so difficult for the, God, I walked out so many games at halftime and stuff and we were so bad and, that's probably why the danger zone because everyone were having a pot shot at us because we were, yeah. you know, we were fodder, weren't we? Well, that was it. Yeah, that was it. I think, well, I think the thing for me that really stood out was, and I don't want to go on it too long, but the fact that we used to be there for four or five hours most weeks doing this, and we'd probably be ninety minutes out content-wise. But the rest of the time, we just sat having a laugh and yeah. joking about stuff and stroking my cat after time, weren't you? Oh, well, just <laughs> yeah. But when we would properly done the obviously the William McStay stuff where you just completely lost your shit for half an hour. <laughs> but it was and so bored yourself. There was and I remember that one. It might have been that one where we all completely lost it. And I, I literally couldn't talk for about an hour without just bursting out laughing. You know, you start yeah, uncontrollable yeah. laughing. Yeah. And like children like, at school, weren't we, in the back yeah, of the class? Ridiculous. See, what were you yeah, like really? But yeah, with class. We'd lost the game. We always lost, and then you're dragging yourself on there on a Tuesday night and it and you're just thinking, how much more can you just say without kind of, you know, kind of going on about it? So it gave me a lot of kind of... That's where the features helped, didn't it, as well? That's where, yeah. the, you know, digging out media and Jason Cundy, et cetera, that's where that helped with that, I think, and help keep it, help make it different to, you know, some, you know, to, to what was probably, you know, the club did, et cetera. But yeah, uh, let's, let's move it on and try bringing Simon and uh, Brady, because obviously we've not got to the point where these guys, as Paul's rejoined a bit later on, didn't you? Um, but... Uh, 29, uh, the first sort of big interview that we got, uh, Neil, I'll let you tell the story because, um, I think you handled the, the DMS, didn't you in, in the, um, in Twitter, but the first big person we got on really was Bobby Madley. Uh, and, uh, he was, I thought, I, I thought a referee would turn up. It'd be a bit arrogant, a bit aloof. He was great, wasn't he? He was such a, a really engaging guy. And his football knowledge was immaculate as well. Do you know, with he's so surprising with the level of detail they go into. And he was he was great, was Bobby, wasn't he? I think I think the thing that came across with Bobby was <clears throat> you, you get these where people say, Oh yeah, he supports so and so. And you do they really? And yeah, they really do. Both yeah. him and the one, the massive town fans. And just it was literally just a, a simple approach to get him on and to to sort of give us a different angle, because obviously on podcast and on any podcast throughout the country that's a team podcast like this, let's be fair, one of the people who, who get most a lot of stick every week are referees out there. So it, it were good to get a referee on. and to Deserving sometimes, a, yeah. A proper referee's perspective. And I, I think it was a great listening, one of my favourite ones, to be honest. Little did yeah, we know, same. you know, the national thing, it blew up into, well, obviously... Well, he, he told us, didn't he? he yeah. He told us everything about the thing that, that eventually they spoke about openly. He actually told us all about that and asked us not to say it. And obviously, we didn't. Yeah. You know, he's told you in confidence. You do keep that in confidence, don't you? But, you know, when it did come out, it's one of those to me, you're quite proud of yourself for, for not opening up and telling people because it was obviously a big story to him. And he could tell that he felt better just by telling us that story. Yeah. But 
his insight into refereeing and stuff. I thought, I thought it was first class for Bobby. It was, I thought it was phenomenal. He's, that's still available in our SoundCloud. It's it's not one of those where you have to listen to it at the week either. You know, it's it's quite a decent uh, decent talk, I would say, given by Bobby. You know, don't listen to us, listen to Bobby. It was a, a really good one. I think it had over a thousand listens, but I thought that was definitely one of the better ones that we that we managed to do. And and then came the summer. Obviously, Huddersfield went down at this point. You know, we're doing different intros because, you know, with this silly music going on about going down, et cetera, end of the road, blah, 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 just to try and put smiles on faces because it was a bit depressing. They were horrendous. Uh, but Jan signed and it was a comedy, really. Oh, Jan. Bless him. And uh, the salt in the soup. Do you remember that one? Goals of the salt in the soup. Classic Jan. And um, we did some summer specials. And I think at that point, we were just kind of for guys in a or three three or four guys in a room weren't we and then we just kind of thought do you know what we could do something here with and and get some more voices in you know we could maybe speak to so some ex-players basically yeah so we could we could speak to and we could because there was nothing really town style that had done this you know there weren't you know look you know speaking to ex-players you know you look at the town's preview and you know on, on youtube now town's preview preview and post-match stuff we were doing that years ago you know in terms of speaking to people and bringing them in etc and the first one that we got uh, was was great. And we, we had, I think that elevated it a little bit. And we got a couple of, I think, two and a half thousand listens on SoundCloud and another 500 on YouTube. And the chap himself uh, has sent us, Mr. as Danny G used to call him, Mr. Ron Seal has uh, sent us a message as well. Hi, this quick message for And He Takes That Chance podcast uh, from me, Sean Jarvis here at Leicestershire. County Cricket Club, just to sort of say congratulations on your, I guess, reaching your maiden century. Well done, fellas. Keep up the good work, and I look forward to tuning in in future. We did an interview with Sean when he left, and it was very emotional, that. Very, very emotional. And I was proud that we did it, because I thought the club what a disgrace how they handled the departure of Sean Jarvis. And I were proud of us for giving him the platform and the, the send-off I thought he deserved. So, yeah. And that, that was, um, obviously, every time I opened my go, it's about Andy's Man Club, in it? But when, when we did the Sean, the first Sean Jarvis podcast, that was the Thursday night. And the following Sunday, Sean's nephew killed himself. So that sort of, <laughs> quite a, a stark reminder of, what real life is, and I'd already approached the club by then about doing stuff for Andy's man club, and I think that sort of catapulted us into getting loads of stuff involved with club, and Sean were a real a real driver for that, and still is. I don't mean to throw a joke in now, Neil, after after that, but you were never off the pitch at this point. As well. Yeah. You, you were never off the pitch at this point. You're on the pitch more than Isaac and Benzer at this point in his career. <laughs> you had more value for money on pitch from me than <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so uh, so again, so we, we, we did really well in that summer. Something really important, I find, is the connection between the local media and the supporters and the club. And Blake Welton had absolutely butchered everything by being an absolute useless, cretinous... I almost stopped myself from swearing there, but I just... I thought it was dreadful. And the arrogance that he left with, you know, to say that Huddersfield fans weren't ready for 21st century media was just an absolute disgrace on the on the part of somebody who's just nothing more than a, a blogger and a, an article filler on Sky Sports. But uh, we, we got in, we were quite, 
he's all right, you know what I mean? But you know, we, we managed to get in somebody who, who did a decent job, who's done no more than a decent job, who's repaired a lot of that nonsense that he he broke. And uh, he's also sent us a message. See if anybody gets the movie reference that he uses at the end as well as a bonus point. So this is your third point. 100 episodes of Andy Takes That Chance. Fantastic work, everyone. Congratulations to everyone concerned. That's Matt, Cossie, Neil... Brady, Snuffy, Al, Leo, Little Mo, Cheeks, Bony Bob, Cliff. You've all done brilliant work over the last few years bringing top-level fan coverage on Huddersfield Town to a Terriers fan base who, let's face it, have deserved something good to talk about over the last few years. Uh, 100 episodes is a brilliant achievement uh, and, and you should all be rightly proud of the work you've done. It's the next 100, guys. That was indeed Mr. Chicken, if anybody was uh, unsure of that. But he's done some great work, and that was fun bringing Stephen in initially, wasn't it, as well? I'd buy an examiner now. I've got £1.30 on a Saturday, but his articles are that good. I'll buy it again, mate. So the loving loving is is mutual, Mr. Chicken. Absolutely. (laughs) When he came in that night, when we were sat there where you are now, Matt, you could just tell straight away with a good guy, and he was next level up. Yeah, his, his sense of humor, he's got, a, he's got a quirky sense of humor and he uses that a lot in his articles as well. And I don't think everyone gets it who's a town fan, but I think me and Brady, because we're geeks, we kind of we <laughs> kind of spot it, don't we, Brady? The, the little quirkiness in there. And there is some good stuff. And did anybody get the film reference for the point? It's got to be taking piss out of Brady. I don't know what it is, but... but no, I don't why has so. it got to be taking piss out of me, Potter? Because yeah, I saw your face when he went through names. You look like, oh, that were about me. So I just thought, oh, is that a cue for me? All right, quiet, snuffy. Uh, who's? Uh, does anybody get the, get the reference? Three, five seconds. Anybody? Film, early nineteen nineties. Macaulay Culkin. Anyone? Home Alone. No. It's home. No. It's Home Alone Two. Ah. <laughs> so there you go. It's from Home Alone Two when it's the uh, the shower scene. Ah, yeah, it does. Yeah, a little. Yeah, little when he's in. The- is in the shower, doesn't he? Yeah, with the angels in dirty face. But anyway, uh, yeah, so um, at this point, we then got Oggy on as well. Oggy's uh, sent a WhatsApp and said, congratulations, he's had a busy time, uh, you know, radio uh, leads and look north and everything, with, especially with Chris Wilder leaving Sheffield United. Uh, he sent, sends his congratulations. And then it was the big one, really, which which put us again into, into more ears, if you like. And that was when we got Dean Hoyle and... I've never really been that nervous before doing a podcast. I remember just looking out the window and I think they pulled up in like, a, I think Danny drove Dean over and he had a, like a fiesta or something and just popped out. And he just looked like two regular blokes, you know, father and son just hopping across the road, you know, not a Huddersfield town legend, if you like, you know, just coming you know, into, into some cul-de-sac in Leeds. And then in he came and I remember asking him if he wanted a drink and he was like coughing. I'm like, going, oh, shit, we haven't really got any decent coffee. Just got a stupid... <laughs> Just this stupid sachet of Nescafe, and it's like, oh, it's all right, it'll be fine. And there's me just like shaking, like he's trying to stir his coffee because Dean Hoyle's in my back room, and that was that was unbelievable. And I was genuinely nervous when we had Dean Hoyle in, and that went on for hours. And to be honest, the the, the idea of that podcast wasn't to at the time because there were no real uh, details about the sale of the club really because it was all. And we asked at the start, and he just said, "Look, NDAs can't really say anything." So we just kind of took it for hours and about the fun you know, over the 10 years and the journey, the stories of Lee Clark, Simon Grayson, Mark Robbins, Chris Powell. And it was it just been such there a... four hours that night. 
it was it was so much fun, wasn't it? Listening to all the little inside stories and uh, it it was brilliant. And the Wagner years in particular, do you know how close he came to losing David Wagner and then describing David Wagner as somebody who would like to go out on a night out, chat to all the girls, and at the end when all the girls think they're in there, we'll go. Thank you very much. I'm off home to my wife. You know that kind of thing. There's some great analogies and great conversations in there, and that, and and Dean in um, he was so sad, but even over here, we remember hanging loads of town shirts up in the background so we could have pictures with him, which is so pathetic when you look back at it. But that was so fun, you know, doing doing the Dean Hoyle one, and and it was great. And it was like I say, it was never designed, was it, to sort of quiz him on the sale? It was more of a, a look back over ten years and a thank you, really, for for you know taking us from. League One to the Premier League. I think one of the things that stands out for that, and you, you lads will remember it clear as day, is when he actually showed us a photograph on his phone of what it was like when he was in hospital. And uh, when, when you look at that picture, that was a real sort of start reminder of how ill he was. And, you know, he nearly wasn't here. So I think, yeah, we, we got a lot of stick for that podcast for not probing enough and not asking enough and not digging enough. But end of the day, you can't make somebody talk about what they don't want to talk about. And as Matt says, it were very much, um, very much a sort of celebration of what he'd done for the club. And let's be fair, he hadn't done a bad job, has he? No, absolutely not. And um, that actually, just short of ten thousand listens for that one pause you were asking about, some of the most listened to podcasts. Uh, I remember getting, yeah, just short of ten thousand, and uh, and that was phenomenal for us at the time to go from eight hundred listeners a week or something to ten thousand for that, and having it all over Huddersfield media, everyone writing about it, and the examiner, you know, all the message boards, you know, some nice, some not so nice. And, uh, but it, it was never intended for that. It was just a bit of fun, you know, get together, have a, have a bit of fun. And that's really what the podcast was. More so at the time was just three idiots having a laugh really, wasn't it? We always said, didn't we, that the, the thing about this was that it didn't, to us, we didn't really give a shit how many people listened to it. If there were 10. We had fun, didn't we? Yeah, if, if 10 people had tuned in and enjoyed it, happy days, because we enjoyed doing it. Yeah, and that, that, was, that was it for me. And I think the first one where we had to do things a bit serious was um, was was from, from this guy next. And we'll probably get some shit for this message as well, but, you know, who cares? Uh, just a quick message to everybody involved with Andy Takes That Chance podcast. Just like to say congratulations on your 100th episode. Keep up the good work and the fantastic job that you've done keeping the content coming out during the pandemic. Well done to all. That is our fearless leader, Mr. Hodgkinson there. Uh, yeah, that, the, we've, there's only one Phil Hodgkinson one we can talk about for me. It, the first one. The town have, have been in, so it's COVID, we're back and... Uh, the boys are back on the pitch. We're excited. We're not there, but we're excited. We've got us eye follow on. We're being warned by that scouser. That's a brilliant thing. And then that dramatic music that way. Obviously. And then what does your town play? Wigan Athletic. And quite simply, <laughs> it was horrendous. It was absolutely horrendous. And we knew Phil were coming on uh, the next day. And uh, What the- did he do, though, that night? Well, this is jumping oh, forward a bit, but what, what did Phil do that night? Tell us, can't you? <laughs> Paul's got slotted. He did. I, I, I only asked him if he were all right, and he blocked me. <laughs> Deserved. No, it were. He did go a bit. It did all get a bit funny that, and I remember that night at the summer. You look back and some of the, some of the tweets that he you know put out and what he said to people. You know, you look back and you, I'm sure he does as well. You know, cringe at what he said and stuff. But it's it's a little bit like we've just said doing the live pod twenty minutes after a match. You 
if you know you, you're in that zone, aren't you? In that moment, and if if you're on social media, that that's one of the pitfalls for it. Once it's said, it can't stop. Really? Do you know what? So easy for Phil to not then do that podcast following yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we, we'd advertise it, haven't we? Phil Hodgson's on straight after the game tomorrow. And uh, it, would, it would about, it would be a Sunday morning, like 10 o'clock morning. Yeah, yeah. Bre- breakfast, yeah. yeah. And we'd advertise it. And I'll be honest, I half expect him to pull and, and not do it. But to be fair, play to him, he'd come on. Wait a minute before I put it on. <laughs> and on pod. I said to him on pod that, that day that, you know, he's... You probably shouldn't have done what you've done. Talk us through it. And, you know, he backed himself. And to be honest, I, I expected him to back himself because he's uh, he's up there, isn't he? So... And he had his kit on with PH, which everyone <laughs> loved. Did that bit of trolling, didn't he? But let's go back to the original point before Cozzy derailed us there with the uh, with the first initial one. So Phil, Phil came to... Uh, this is when we did it at, at my house in this back room again. And uh, I don't know if you guys remember, I think, Cosy, don't think you did the Dean one, did you? But you did the Phil one. You did one and not the other. I think you were... I did the Dean one. I don't think I did the Phil one, man. So you were there. So Neil was, it was me, Neil, and Phil and Dave Threlfall Sykes in this in this room. And I remember there was a Windows update had just come out and I was using a 10-year-old, a 10-year-old laptop, which was my other half's because I have a PC tower which sits upstairs and we used to plug it into this laptop to record. And I remember at about quarter to six and he was due at like half seven, it went two windows updates. Like, ah, yeah, that'll be right. So did it and then (laughs) left it, left it in the corner. And then Phil, Phil arrived and, you know, and his huge Range Rover, he had a driver in the the Range Rover and everything. It was very different to Dean. Uh, Phil and Dave Threlfall Sykes walked in a day. I think Dave was there as a, as a minder a little bit, but Dave was, Dave was really nice. Um, Phil came in. I thought, right, let's set up, looked at it. 3%. 3%. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. And and we sat there for, was it about two hours, Neil? No. Until it was no. longer, wasn't it? We're near a four. We sat there and he, he, I remember him, I was every five minutes, I'm like, I'm really sorry. Do you want me to order some pizzas in or do you want me to order some food from Deliveroo? And stuff? I'll get you another drink. And Phil's like, Phil's so polite. He's like, no, it's all right, mate. Don't worry about it. And then he, and then he picked out his phone and, and rang somebody and went, uh, can I reschedule my, it was like a PT session, personal trainer session in the morning because he was going to be late home. I was sat there, I felt like such a dick, you know, well, this laptop and it finally worked after four hours, but we actually had a quite a good chat with him beforehand, didn't we? And um, I think Phil, Phil gets a lot of stick for how people perceive him to be. But I think once you actually speak to him one-to-one, he's actually quite a decent bloke, isn't he? He's just, he's just a, yeah. just a bloke, you know, he, you know, chair, but you can separate the chairman and the person if you like, which is fine. But as as a person, I actually thought Phil was sounder. And to be honest, for him to sit there for three or four hours while some dickhead faffs around with a ten year old laptop so they can ask him a load of questions, I just thought that was so much more polite than he ever needed to be. And you know, I'll always say thanks for Phil for hanging around and 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 Dave as well because well, the laptop was a disgrace. <laughs> and that at that point was where we went. Do you know what? We need to get some sponsorship and get some proper equipment. And that was the that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah, we probably had a four-hour chat before we recorded, and then another two when we recorded, another two, two and a half. It was crazy. He left it like you. You left it like midnight, didn't you? And I remember I went upstairs afterwards, and Rachel was kicking off with me, going, "What have you been doing all night?" I was like, "It's your bloody laptop." <laughs> I just left it down. <laughs> oh, but that was that was great. But over ten thousand people listened to that, which was phenomenal, really. And okay i think we got 12 months later we ended up getting some stick you know at the time everyone was, was like you know that, that's great thank you interviews good and then 12 months later i think a few people tried to make out they had a problem with it with questions that we didn't ask 
because we're people, not like Premier League. If people, yeah, if people do listen to it, we do ask. But you know, when somebody says non-disclosure agreement legally, there's not much they can say. So it is what it is. But the, uh, um, first one, Matt, now anyway, so it's all right. A comment that had come after. Was it, it that first one that he? He said they were at the squash club. That that's kind of yeah. So yeah, if you know, we were the ones who uncovered Phil wasn't at ten one Man City. You know, if you want to, if you want to scoop, you know, and and even then, if you look at the third one, which Cosy was on about, I asked him. I was set up really by someone, but <laughs> that I asked him, "Are you still okay with the Cowleys?" Just expecting him to go, "Yeah, yeah, no worries." Looking forward to next season, and we got a really funny answer. And then in my head, I'm going, "What have we just asked?" Because at, <laughs> at, at this point, he was like, "Oh, I'm not going to answer that question," and I was like. In my head, I'm like, well, what did I just ask? I've only just asked if everything's, you know, you're right. It's pretty much a, you're right, mate, kind of comment. And it was a very strange refusal to back them. And at that point, I was thinking, oh, the, the toast, these two. And I was like, nah, he won't, surely. And then, lo and behold. That's good news today, isn't it, Portsmouth? That means they're not on our screen anymore. So, well done, Portsmouth, for giving them a job. So, we'd have to see him again. <laughs> you slags. But anyway... Uh, yeah, so Simon, you joined us uh, as our 23rd, the Andy Booth of the podcast, number 23 in episode 39. And one of the most popular episodes we did was episode 43 when we beat Hull City. Uh, can you remember what culinary delight we had during that episode? And there's a good picture of Simon absolutely filling his face with it doing the round somewhere. <laughs> was, it, was it a chocolate cake? Yeah. Claire Hill made us a cake and Claire's done sort of mailbox. So Claire has been on the podcast. She also has a, a heritage number on here, which I'm going to dig out very, very quickly. Claire is uh, 31. So Claire was the 31st. Right. So, uh, it. It. Oh, it was amazing, but it was, it was kind of a bit, it was a bit strange, wasn't it? It was like in, in a way it was just like somebody said, Oh, we've made you a cake and Neil, you went to pick it up, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. They ran up to pick this round. Of course I'm gonna go. Have you seen me? Of course I'm gonna go. <laughs> well, you worked in Brig House at the time and I was like, do you know what Neil can get? Yeah, that's that a real story. I, I worked about two minutes away from her house. So yeah, went and called and had a good chat. She's just nice, just a really nice woman. And yeah. what, what a nice thing to do, to be fair, just to bake a cake for these absolute whoppers who go and talk bollocks for a couple of hours a week. She uh, you know, she probably watched and she thought, do you know what? I know what these fat bastards are like, you know. They're, they're... <laughs> Sort of she was right. Yeah, yeah, she absolutely nailed it. Fair play. Yeah, Andy, take that cake. Yeah, absolutely. Smash yeah. through that. We, do you know what? The thing is, it was half of it was gone when you guys had left. I had another two pieces when you got. <laughs> I, <was absolutely, laughs> I was absolutely smashing that cake, and uh, even my even Rachel and Charlie had, had some as well. It was brilliant. We, it was gone. It was nailed. It was it was superb. Uh, thanks again, Claire. And uh, you know, we, we win a bit more often these days. So you know, who knows. Um, Brady, you uh, you joined us. Uh, episode you are episode fifty-seven or number fifty-seven. Uh, let me have a look at this. Brady is episode fifty-seven, so you are number dun, 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 number thirty-five. So you had a bit of a slow promotion to the podcast. We had to uh, put you off. So initially, you used to send us Twitter questions, and then I'd slag you off for sounding like you played NFL quarterback for the Denver Broncos back in the early days, and then you. They moaned at me that you wanted to write for the website, and I was just like, "Who is this guy with the odd name? You know, why not? You know, we need some numbers." So, uh, you know, eventually let you do that, and then you wormed your way onto the mailbox as well, which was a feature that we did. And here you are. Here I am with clothes on this time. Exactly. Well, I thought about taking them off as soon as that video. <laughs> uh, there's a special video, but uh, yeah, um, yeah, nah, 35 Edmonds Green number. First, I think that mailbox. The first one I did was when I was working in Leeds, and I did it in like a 
Costa Coffee. So loads of people were looking at me weird going, yes, yeah, a good performance from Jaden Brown and Carlin Grant in this game. So uh, <laughs> slightly improved since then. Slightly. Is that it? You've been waiting for 20 minutes for that. Oh, then... well, what, what can I say? Yeah, it's been good. Um, I, I think people are probably fed up of us talking about how good we are. Um, but yeah, no, it was good. I enjoyed doing it. It's been a good laugh. It's, I think it's helped all of us during lockdown. Um, it's been nice, to be honest. This is from kind of like what Neil and Cos said. And it's just been, it's nice to get good feedback. And we have got some good feedback for this and the other stuff we do. But I've just enjoyed coming on here with you lads before and after and just being like getting it out of my system about town. Um, I think I think I'd be a lot um, a lot more annoyed if we couldn't just be like, yeah, that was a bit rubbish on it and laugh about it. So uh, yeah, no, yeah. And, and it's good to see other people I'm like still it. Well. This or not. <laughs> I don't know. Well, Pete, mentioning lockdown there, we moved into sort of the lockdown phase, and obviously the game stopped for three months, and we we had nothing to do. You know, we we, we decided what we'll do is we'll we'll create like we did the summer specials, we'll do another number of interviews, but we went a little bit more ambitious, didn't we, in lockdown? We just thought, you know what, nobody's doing anything. Maybe we could get a couple of decent ones. And I thought, you know, initially in lockdown, we had a lot of fun, didn't we, to be fair? And uh, the first message we got is from uh, one of the first interviews that we did, and what a guy this guy is. And to meet your heroes, even if it's via Zoom, and for them to actually turn out to be you know, great people is 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 phenomenal. So uh, here's the next one. Watch this be in the wrong order now. Hello, Ian Dunn here, Huddersfield, Huddersfield Town player and uh, follower of all things Huddersfield Town and various football issues going on in the world today. Just want to congratulate At Takes That Chance on their 100 episodes, uh, which is a fantastic achievement. Hope it carries on. It's, it's an excellent listen, excellent watch and uh, good luck, boys, and uh, everyone else involved with it. So well done. And then yeah, and again, we'll, we'll play. Done. Shall we play it straight through for the next one as well? Because it was the next oh, episode. Let me just comment on Ian Dunn. Oh, go on then. The funniest bit ever when he was steaming in York. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to mention that. that was Challenge Dunica. Brilliant. <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> stop laughing. What a guy he is. Dunica Rice. Yeah. What, and do you know what? You were a legend before. He's even bigger now, man. Nothing. Nothing's. Nothing's ever too much trouble. You know. You said, Dunny, do you want to come on the podcast this week? He's on every time. Do you know what I mean? He's he smiles. He's such times and gets away with. Is that good? He's he's you know he's such a top bloke and done and yeah to meet people it's it's fantastic. And then um, has Simon gone off all your screens? Yeah, yeah he's, he's still there. He's, it's he's happening just... again, Brady. It's happening again. But... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so the next uh, the next one that we had on after that for our lockdown special has also sent a message. To all the fellas at Andy Takes That Chance podcast, fantastic that you've reached the 100 mark. Yep, I didn't think you'd make it either, but obviously I've been on the show a few times, so that might have helped. But no, seriously, all the lads, brilliant. A great listen uh, every week that it's on. Big town fans, keep it going, fellas, and we will be listening. So Mr. Glennon as well, so we had a, a goalkeeping clinic, didn't we, with, with Matt, and it's been fun as well to, to get to know Matt a bit more as well. And he's... Um, I enjoy Matt's input when he comes yeah. on the podcast. He's good fun. You know what I love about Matt Glenn? I've had so many ding-dongs with him after games. I'm really... Excuse old. me? No, but he always... He's great because he just like... You have your say, you have your shouting, and then I, I proper went for him and won a game this season, but <laughs> he's just no problem. He's just a good guy. I proper like him, man. And if I had a, 
I'd go and get it done with you, mate. <laughs> you not go get like a Turkish shave or anything just to get rid of a few stragglers it's with him. Just so you can have a chill. Haircuts, though, I think there's something going on dodgy there in the old ground. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Spin training, mate. That's what it is. Morning, jealous, mate. Then, obviously, we had uh, this man, Jacko. Hi, Neil. It's a gaffer, Peter Jackson. Wishing you and the lads all the best. I know you've done amazing on your podcasts and how many people have, have been watching it and how many people have been interested in it. And so, uh, well done. Keep up the good work and well done on your 100th podcast. Fantastic, lads. Well done. Proud of you. Oh. And uh, Peter oh. Jackson, what an absolute legend. You know, I was so gutted with the Jacko one because we, we initially thought we had him for, I think, two hours. And I planned a... Uh, a two-hour podcast for, for Peter Jackson. And um, so I had so much depth to go into, you know, for, for Jacko, you know, and it was all structured, you know, for to go through his time. And there was so much. And then we, we spoke to him and he went, right, lads, I've only, I've got an hour. Is that okay? And I was like, yeah, it's brilliant. You're giving up an hour of your time for nothing. But <clears throat> the part oh, of me oh, was man, like, oh, it was so good though to condense Neil, it all though. When Neil said he'd got that, it was the, for me, it was the best one we've ever done. I love the guy because, Oh, the template eight players, or whatever. Neil, when you said I've got a special message for you, I like, what is it? Like, we've got Peter Jackson. I was buzzing, and it was a Friday morning at something like nine o'clock. The most randomest thing. I think it was before my oh, I went to work, and we're like, I think, wow, well, Peter Jackson's going to be on my computer <laughs> talking to me. And honestly, the memory lane we went down there. I know we only had an hour, whatever, but it was. And then you put that. Jenny, uh, don't like it. The oh yeah, that was his favourite song, wasn't it? From yeah. I love that so much that Peter Jackson won so much. It's just Dapper. three spells at Huddersfield, and there's so much. Honestly, we could have Jacko back tomorrow, and I could chat to him for three hours about all sorts. You know, it, about <clears throat> about it, uh, phenomenal. Do you know, he's such a, a top guy as well, Jacko. You know, he's a lot of fun in here, and I could imagine it'd be a lot of fun. To, it's a shame Phil's not on it now, but it, you know, Phil speaks really highly of him and how much fun he yeah, wants to play for on. as well. And when I would um sorting out all these clips and getting in, in touch with them all and trying to get them to do them. Um, he ran me up, did Jacko? To, to Neil, it's Gaffer. He's <laughs> 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 off again. Neil, it's Gaffer. <laughs> hey, up, Gaffer. And we're at work. I've just come off a presentation off stream like this. We're at work. And he, he, said, he said, what are you up to today? And I said, I'm working. He said, oh, where, where do you work? What do you do? So I tell him all about Andy's Van Club. What's to get involved with Andy's Van Club now and help us do what? Uh, just, just a, I mean, it, let's be fair, he's had his, he's had his trials and tribulations over the years, anyway, cancelling stuff. Yeah. So. i tell you what I loved about his own, Neil, his facials. That that Junior Mendes thing, when he said, because <laughs> I was like, I still think this day we're on side. They were like, yeah, we're definitely off. He went, <laughs> <laughs> I use that in all the Jacko clips. That he's just such oh, a, he's man. brilliant. Watch he's a genuinely, genuinely out. good bloke. Yeah, just mention he's uh, started that season with eight players because I'm, I'm sure he mentions that. I, I think it's um, down to three now. I think is that story, yeah. but yeah, his Newcastle stuff were good as well. One he told us about yeah. how many players. It. Yeah, it's a lovely. St- it's just the way he says his stories. Great guy. What an absolute legend, man. Yeah, yeah. and lovely and man. speaking of legends, I think the podcast probably peaked on the next episode, and this is this was my favorite just because it was just so surreal. It was just phenomenal, and and believe it or not, oh, no. he even sent a message. Hello, Neil and the team of NT Takes the Chance. A big congratulations to over 100 podcasts. I appreciate it that I'm on it as well. And I'm just saying, like, great work, lads. Uh, keep it up and all the best. Michael Efele. Bye bye. 
Cosy, what are you thinking when we get on Zoom, we sat there having a chat, and all of a sudden, <laughs> this wet-haired, <laughs> comical German guy in a dressing gown just sat there staring back at us on his uh, on his iPad, and it was just such a surreal moment to see a recent hero. It was amazing, mate. And Neil kind of touched it as well, but I just think it, this was deep into lockdown. I, mental health and stuff, I, we were really struggling, weren't we? We were to kind of cope with everything. And it was just like these things. I All my first instinct, well, the fan base is going to absolutely go wild with this, Michael Epperley, because it doesn't matter what it is said after. And to be honest, I don't think he said anything groundbreaking, but it was Michael Epperley in a dressing gown, on our Zooms, <laughs> I thought he needed to be just be himself. It's just the way. Someone started getting on. Um, to be fair, Danny, Danny Oyle gets all credit for getting in touch with us. I remember, we were driving to Tracy's mum's on a. I think it was just a Sunday morning. A mum lives over on East Coast. So we're driving over there Sunday morning. Well, she was driving. I'm sitting passenger seat, and the phone went, and it was just a random number, and I never answered them. Never answered them. Just wait. If, if they want me, they'll leave a message. And she said, oh, just answered it. So I answered it. And I just got all, all I got were, Neil! And I thought, <laughs> bloody hell's this? He said, Neil, it's Michael Effley. And I had been funny, Tracy, if I like football, I was only crashed coward on M62. And uh, I must have been on the phone with him for about 10 minutes. And it was just one of the most surreal phone calls I've ever had. The man is absolutely barking. He is bonkers. But what a lovely guy. And he still messages now. And when, when I asked him to do this, he's, he's reminded me again that when he's up, we're off for uh, fish and chips with Yorkshire caviar and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. But just a genuinely good bloke. A gen- and it, I think that came across to... I mean, fans love him, didn't they? All, all fans loved him. Just yeah. a... It was just something good to listen to. You know, it cheered you up. And I love that story where he's... You, miss, you know when you miss penalty it's one of them you think typical he's been that guy who everybody loves and it, at that moment it was like he's going to miss the penalty that costs us and then he explains it by saying he did it on purpose to put extra pressure on it <laughs> I was just absolutely howling when he said that and I just thought that just sums the guy up doesn't it yeah. you just it's like you have these characters don't you know when you play Sunday League and stuff like that and you have these people and they just they just make you laugh and yeah. we came at a time that like you say we're, we're a really difficult situation for everybody um, it's just, it's just the way he explains things as well. So it's like when he was talking about coming over, he says, I Googled the stadium and I thought, mm, delicious. You know, and it's the sort of different ways. And he's like, I am horny to play for this club. And it's like, this is just brilliant. You know, some of the way in a team he describes of, things. If you're picking a team of popular players who you just loved, F and Jacobi, two centre backs, wouldn't they? Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. And the man in the middle will be Darren Bullock. And we got to yeah. spend a couple of hours with Darren Bullock as well. And that was that was brilliant, wasn't it? Because he's obviously, yeah. you know, Michael Heffler to a point has had some form of media training. Ian Dunn's worked in the media. <laughs> Bully, Bully was a loose cannon. He was brilliant. And he was such a top bloke as well, wasn't he? And he's just like, he just said what he wanted. And it was just brilliant. Unbelievable. When I mentioned about that Carlisle and the autographs when they were all that fighting in car park, I mean, my dad were running back like, Athletes said, if I'd have been in there, I'd have joined him. He would have such a character, though, wasn't he? I know, obviously, we knew, you know, he was a character from his days, but, and he was so honest. He told us the Watson, and all the, obviously, the incident with the, you know, Bradford and what have you, and I ended up going out of the club. And 
his emotion. The best thing about it, well, we I thought we got the best out of him, and then the club did it, a similar thing, and it was like a watered down version of what we did and that as well. And uh, again, I think the best thing about these guys, we're meeting zeros, but they're, they're disappearing off our zooms, even bigger heroes because you meet them and and they're, they're just good guys. It makes you think. Bloody well, good people and that as well, on the book. Yeah, I've got I've got some people that will will. He could have gone on forever. Didn't want to leave. Unlike Jack, will be an hour. He could have had about eight hours with Bully. Just just a really privileged position to be in to to get these people on and just just let them talk. I mean, like you say, we're f's. We're just three shit houses, aren't we? We're just we're just cheeky enough to ask people, and it's just phenomenal to that they say yes, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's incredible and. We, we, you know, in terms of content, where Brady, you took over uh, some of the stuff as well. You, you got involved. You did other stuff, and you organised the the non-league uh, podcast as well, didn't you? So which which was great. It initially, it was going to be, I think, just Brighouse, but then we, we you got Joe Scars involved. You and Neil, well, and, Neil helped out. Joe yeah. Scars and uh, and uh, Quinny as well. And Quinny's become quite, you know, particular to the podcast. You know, he jumps in, and we do have another message. Hi Neil and everyone at uh, and he takes that chance podcast. This is James Howard from Brighouse Town Football Club. Just want to say a huge congratulations on your hundredth episode of and he takes that chance. It's fantastic. I tune in um, to most episodes and I've um, been a real honour to be asked to be on there in the past. So a massive congratulations from everyone. Uh, at Brighouse Town Football Club. Keep up the great work, guys, and uh, hopefully tune into the next episode really soon. Um, apologies for the lockdown beard, but uh, times are tough. Take care. All the best. Bye bye. And I think that's all the messages. So that's enough self indulgence and uh, you know self worship from uh, from us from for now. Uh, but those are the messages coming through. So Brady, talk us through like because. Essentially, you can only get so many ex-players in and then you start to look for different ideas and you, quite new to the podcast, very sort of creative in, in things, what you've tried to do. And one of the one of the episodes you did, which I thought was a lot of fun as well, was uh, the shirts one with Phil Delves. I thought that was a great one. Um, just talk us through those two podcasts and how much fun they were as well. Yeah, the big, the big ass one was really good. Obviously, um, Demo, who who we all know, like he, he had some good stories to tell. So did James. And uh, I don't know, like you say, I think um, this is kind of a wider point, but I'm sure the lads will agree. But particularly when we couldn't go to town games, like non-league, you know, I went to Brighouse, I know Cy did, I know uh, Cosy was a big fan of going to Scarborough. Um, like it meant a lot and it was just good to chat to James. I know obviously Neil's, um, you know, Neil's involved with Brighouse now as well. So it's all good. But yeah, like, it's just interesting. I think um, this is this is more you know for me, but um, I think obviously the non-league stories are, are a lot more interesting in some respects because it's everyday people who've you know like us who are mad enough to do a podcast and you know do it for the love. It's the same with them with a club like running a club, you know, just because they love it and care about it. So it, it was interesting. Obviously, the Gary Neville stuff was interesting, um, so that was really good. I think the Phil Dells one um, with the shirts. Everyone loves talking about the, the shirts. You know, town have had some crackers over the years as well, even if you're not a town fan. Um, and to be honest, it was, it's just nice to talk about something other than results, to be honest, um, especially given uh, since you guys started this podcast, it's been pretty much downhill in terms of results. Um, yeah, no, interested. I mean, you know, I, I love that, um, you know, COVID times affect that, but the, the shirts reveals are always good. Obviously, we... We've had a bit of an interesting couple of shirts reveals recently. So um, 
yeah no it's good fun i think um well it'd be great to do some some more stuff like that when well we- i was thinking uh i reckon luke cowan might be up for an episode maybe in the summer let's you know let's see if we can uh put some pressure on luke to uh to come on board and i think he has a big say doesn't he in a lot of uh, how shirts are released and uh and sold so i think that'll be uh, a lot of fun as well if we got luke on so luke if you're listening on the off chance summertime um yeah so even then you know we, we <laughs> the next bit is after that we decided to to go live with the podcast we decided to do it live in front of an audience rather than uh ask questions on twitter and and there's some teething problems wasn't there uh Cosy? one of your favorite moments was a podcast you were involved in but you absolutely love this and Chris Markham joined us. So we, me, Brady started the warm up really to try and get Chris Markham on more. Cause he's, you know, fantastic analytical mind, if you like as well. And Look at that one you know, off, off the, off the back of, uh, you know, appearing on this podcast, he's got a job at Bolton Wanderers as a technical director. So, you know, who knows what the future holds for everyone else. Um, but you know, he, uh, he made his debut on the podcast and, uh, Cosy, one of your favorite moments is when he was, uh, left holding the bait uh, the Brady. Oh, See what I did there on the on the moment as well. So I were working well allegedly that day. So Forest, we were so bad, and I just thought, you know, I were down in the dumps. But you did your podcast live, and we started to do a few of these, didn't we? Straight after the game, and let's say Matt, where you mentioned Brady, your creativity, Matt decided to. So we had a great <laughs> Zoom platform that everyone loved and worked perfectly, and then Matt decided, oh, it was just <laughs> basically the world was Zoom's, around around Zoom's the Titanic, mate, was sinking, <laughs> and Neil did the one of the great. Oh, you've got you don't do it justice unless it's videoed on. But everyone would go in, and then <laughs> Neil would just just did this. He got near the screen, just cut his camera off, and they were just Brady left with Chris. <laughs> from six to two because Pause were the first one to drop off, weren't they? And then the thing is, Lightstream. What we used, I'm going to shit out some Lightstream. It uh, this uh, this laptop. It um it uses that much CPU. It makes the laptop overheat and therefore restart. So that's why I disappeared and pause disappeared and and Neil just sort of went ah fuck this I'm off. No, it was, <laughs> it was great though because um I hadn't met Chris so we'd spoke to him like I literally spoke to him like ten seconds before we went live and then um Cosy was just messaging and I think Neil was like oh you should oh or maybe you Matt was like you should wrap it up so everyone's gone off and me and me and Chris I'm just like so Chris yeah what did you think about this? <laughs> Fill it for like five minutes. <laughs> Fantastic! You throw in at the deep end, mate. That's where it's all about. You either sink or swim, and fa- thankfully you've uh, you managed to swim a little bit. So uh, you know there's a badge on its way for you for that. So uh, one of the the newest people that we've got involved with us, and I think it's been one of the best as well, um, is you know it feels like um, he's our pundit, if you like. So you know ex players as pundits, obviously a huge thing, and they do offer a completely different side to you know what a fan doesn't always uh, appreciate or look into and uh, we're lucky enough in episode 56 to bring phil senior in as probably i, I look at him as as our sort of ex-pro pundit if you like and it's been great uh knowing phil and uh, he seems to have uh, taken to us a little bit as well and he takes that chance 100 episodes what an absolute pleasure spending time with you guys. Fantastic knowledge of Huddersfield Town. Great insight to each game. At least everybody watches the games, don't they, Posse? Um, just like to say a massive well done to you all, everybody involved. Um, and long may it continue and keep up the good work. Cheers.
the first time I spoke to Phil was actually at a game when I'd started going and sitting in lower tier at Riverside. He was sat about five or six rows behind me. And I just thought, nah, let's just ask him. Let's go on podcast, mate. And uh, he knew about it a little bit, I think, and give me his phone number. And he, I think he's a good part of your team now, to be fair. I think he's good. He's, good. he's, uh, he's honest, isn't he? He's just honest and says it as it is. And it's, it's good to get that insight from a, an ex-pro who is actually a, a proper fan as well. Yeah, he's, he's a good lad. I enjoy um, I enjoy his messages. Um, or like just before we go on the podcast, when we've not played well, it's uh, like you say, Neil, very very honest. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> brutal. <laughs> I think we'll start to wrap up this uh, self indulgence, uh, self indulgent look back through time now. But um, it's been a lot of fun, guys. It you know it's uh, you know a lot of fun talking to people online as well, dealing with people online. You know little funny you know little videos that and little memes and all the all the stuff that we we try and do as well just to it's just for a laugh basically at the end of the day most of it isn't it to try and entertain well not so much entertain but just team to engage <laughs> yeah. yeah well well the team are entertaining so i think we have to play our part sometimes so um it's been a lot of fun guys so thanks to you guys for for jumping in but what i'll, I'll just push you for maybe your favorite memory all together of the podcast. Um, let's go top left in my thing, which is uh, Mr. Kusmala first. I don't. I just think making a difference to people. Really, I don't want to put in there. I just, I just loved it when I like walk around on Sheldon, like, oh, that was because it does a podcast, and like, so someone, my dad loves it, or some someone don't miss it, and it's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Just to make a difference to someone is just awesome because I talk that much crap. I sometimes forget what I've even said myself, but. To me, if I'm if you're making a difference to someone, it's it's good, and that's all I ever wanted to do, really, and that as well. So it's uh, yeah. If it until when the day I stop enjoying it is the day it'll finish, but it's uh, it's brilliant, honestly. I know there's other podcasts pop up, and for me, the more the merrier. But it's uh, yeah, I I love the fact that people enjoy what we do, and that means a lot to me. Echo that. What about you, Brady? Uh, well, I mean the one. I really enjoyed the Sean Jarvis one. Me um, that Cosy and Neil invited me to go on with. I thought that was great, and like you say, it was nice to give him a proper send off. I think well, this sounds like we're just kissing every, each other's asses, but I do. It's just like you know, we we moan about the games in the, in like our chat, and then we just come on like frustrated about it, and then we just all have a laugh. Like and I don't know, it always. It's really you know, it's really cheesy to say, but it always cheers me up. You know, no matter how crap town have been, and let's be honest, they've been been crap a lot recently like just just cheers me up to it like and it, it's been good to get to know all you guys and uh to many more episodes how about you neil it's hard to just pick one thing in it i think um being in a privileged position to meet some of us genuine footballing heroes is you know a platform that not many people get so that that's been good obviously Mentally for me, I know I've gone on about it and I said it early on, but mentally for me, it's been huge. Uh, I make no apology for saying that again. And that's obviously the main reason why I don't do it anymore is because I ain't got time. Because <laughs> um, As much as I thoroughly enjoyed doing it, I'm, I'm obviously really busy at work now, working some crazy different hours all over the place for Andy's Man Club. So, And I think we've, we've shown that we care about people as well. And that, that's important. We've done a lot of stuff promoting... Obviously, everything charity-wise around Huddersfield, um, the foundation itself, Andy's Man Club, Street Kitchen, etc. a few other things. And I think we've 
I think we've helped a lot of people. I think we've really helped a lot of people in in, in a lot of different ways. And I think we can uh, all be, and I don't care if it gets same blow, blow smoke up as ours or not. I think we can all be rightfully proud of a little part we've played on putting a smile on somebody's face. Go on, Simon. The uh, risk of sounding very much like Brady. Um, been getting to know you guys actually. Obviously, I knew Matt um, from kind of time gone by, but I never met. Cosy, Neil, Brady, Poz previously, and um, it's been a pleasure to get into you and chat shit. One of my lasting memories on, on Sai is his, the first time I ever met him, and he walked in with his notebook ready, full of notes. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, we're just sat there. No, that, that was a, that was, I think that was more of a ledger, to be honest, than a notebook. <laughs> brilliant. 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 There's been Cosy just winging it as per Matt with a stack of that eye. And <laughs> he's got notes. I'm having more than him. He had shirt and trousers on, didn't he, as well, and a pair of shoes. He proper... I was nervous. I was nervous, Neil. You were brilliant, mate. You were class. <laughs> and then Poz. Poz, uh, who's probably got the best background of uh, any uh, any of us, doesn't he, with uh, with his uh, signed... Is it signed Marcus Stewart, or is it just a Marcus Stewart frame shirt? And, uh... Mine and uh, Tommy, other one's Tommy Smith from when we beat Leeds, when FLA scored at end, if we managed right. to grab it, we threw it into it. Crowd. Uh, very uh, bad news that it will be getting taken away soon because we're having some work done on the house. So I'm going to have to find somewhere else to put it all, apparently, according to Mrs. So um, I might have to buy a shed or something and sit in there and do these. <laughs> be but amazing. Just, just on your question, based on what everybody else has said, you know, it's nice, especially over lockdown, to um, have a forum to vent this kind of, you know, once you've played bad, it's nice to come on and do live ones where you can have that discussion, which you'd usually have in pub. You know, Missy's certainly interested. So only other people I could talk to about is guinea pigs, and you know they're not that bothered either. So in that respect, it's been it's been really nice. And you know, you you you've mentioned any of criticism from people in the past. Um, you know, even since I've been doing it, there's, there's you get some sort of comments and stuff. But I think when you put your head sort of above, you know, like what we do, you you open yourselves up to that. But you know, we're not experts. We're not trained in media. You know, we have as opinions. Just we're just we're just different. We're just fans, and we just do this like any other conversation that we normally have in pubs. So, you know, when when people are sort of having a pop at us, don't think you know we're trying to be better than other fans because we're certainly not. We've just we've just decided to record as viewers. Just a bunch of that. shit house. This is like a bunch of shit houses with a microphone. That's all we are, aren't we? Really, it's just just gobshites, really. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. It's been nice to get people, and hopefully, when we're back, we can we can actually get together in a pub and, and do a couple of episodes there after a match. And, and if it's live, Magic it's Rock, like, not not the pub. It has to be Magic Rock, obviously. For uh, yeah, man, yeah. just take that chance. I think on website, um, it would be great to do a live one, and you know, who knows what we can do moving forward. Maybe with an audience in there and stuff like that. We, there's yeah, there's that plenty of crack. There. We can go to. Uh, hopefully, it'll continue to grow over the next next season or so so yeah cheers Absolutely. for regular it's, it's been good and one of the funny things is i've known uh i think we've all known brady for a year over a year now maybe two years because of you know stuff going on none of us have ever met brady frost in the flesh that is one of the strange things from the podcast yeah. you know because we've all been doing this over wow. zoom over zoom and light stream once twice because of his flesh <laughs> yeah we've seen the flesh but we've never actually met him in the flesh and th this is another thing which would be great that's why we're not to, to meet, meet just brady more. apparently he's about six yeah. foot six neil is, is brady so this is going to be five six five yeah. it's interesting isn't it so who's the shortest at cosy you're the shortest to think out of all us lot so you'll be uh chest height won't you with exactly like that so 
it'd be a lot of fun to uh, to get back in uh, in the tap room. I think with you guys and and just just do it from there. It'd be fantastic to uh, to do it. You know, jabs are coming, so hopefully uh, hopefully we'll be back before long. And obviously, uh, Josh Quirk's messaging me saying, "I can't believe I've never had a mention." There's your mention, Josh. So uh, you know, thanks to the sixty eight who've been involved with uh, the podcast. Uh, I might as well mention them all very quickly. Matt Shaw, Neil Wayne, Rich Kasmala, Ollie Fisher, Danny G, Dan Parrott, Elliot Wheatbow, and Jamie White, Stu Foster, Ash Heptonstall, Reese Dinsdale, Jonathan Buck and Dan Fowler, Simon Taff, Bobby Madley, Sean Jarvis, Stephen Chicken, Paul Ogden, Dean Hoyle, Danny Hoyle, Skippy, Cozzy. You did a, a cherry tree chat with someone from Australia yeah, and you just called him Skippy. That's called. <laughs> Great guy. He went to Wolves, mate, when we won Adam Moy. What a goal. Sliding on knees up the town. Skippy, Richard Schofield uh, again did the post-match stuff decent when it were you and Richard in the yeah. Cherry Tree and Gas Club. Uh, Simon Copland, number twenty-three. Phil Hodgkinson, Chris Carter. Thanks to Chris again for the music he provides. Josh Quirk, Martin Sykes who does our match reports on the website. Dave Hartrick, uh, Dev Wilcox popped in with an episode down at Magic Rock. Luca Dinsdale, Claire Hill, Sivan John, Graham Rayner, Ian Kilroy, Silk, uh, Brady, Nathan Hosker, Chris Heaston down in Australia, Joe McGregor in Texas. John McNamara, a.k.a. Bloggy Potter from Northern Ireland. Uh, Jody Calver, Andy Kay. Uh, thanks to Andy, who sponsored us with AKLD for a little while as well. Freddie Cocker, Graham Fox. Graham Fox turned up for one episode, one of the lockdown ones. Had a, had a, um, <laughs> he uh, had a, uh, a power cut in London and then never seen him since. I don't know what happened or whether they ever got the power back down to his part. Uh, so, Graham, if you're, uh, if you're still out there, you know, Morse code, whatever, we'll, we'll reply. Andrew Gale, Jamie Rayner, Russ Bathgate, Ted Chippington's other half, Ian Dunn, Mac Lennon, Darren Bullock, Peter Jackson, Michael Hefler, Damon Wales, James Howard, Chris Mark and Phil Senior, Phil Delves, Laura Elford, Dale Marsden, Tom Bradshaw, Jordan Wimpenny, Marcus Wilkinson, Joe Scars, Paul Quinns, Ryan Mather, James Whitaker, Richard Burhouse, and Cameron Pope is number 68. Thank you very much for your contributions over the last couple of years to the podcast. And I think there's only one thing left to do in times like this, Pozza is going to kick us off with a new song for our 100th episode. Thank you and good night. Forgot lines now, hang on a minute. Lads, there's only one thing left to do, and that's sing. Um, now, it was a parody to an old favourite at that particular time. Now, and this is how it went. Now, excuse my back singing, but I do know the words. And it went like this. Smaller Danny G, Matt Shaw had a tree. Crap might sound spikes, relentless machine. Tim Clark, John Kelly Towns was ever team. Callahan, Hamilton, Super Rail, Ollie Fisher's drunken swear. HSK, AMC, Neil was never rough yet. Jason Gunny, but the snake, who said more than he could take. Wilfred, Robbie Fowler, Wolves give on the battle. To a pop song. He didn't start the fire. It was always burning since the world began. We didn't start the fire. No, we didn't light it, but we tried to fight it. Simon Copeland's dodgy tash. Oh, Jan's team was gashed. Seven John, 
ten one through his watches squash. Bobby Madiogi's called Steve Dean Hoyle, Paul hold it up. And he rolls Blackie Sack, Davy Wagner on the lash, Danger Zone Bowling. Cause he got by Andy K. Magic Rock, Advocate, Claire Hill even made us keep. Master Protester, West Rom, Breakfast with Phil Hodgkinson. Ready, get some claws on some. We didn't stand by it. It was always burning, but it's the world's been turning. We didn't start the fire. No, we didn't light it, but we tried to fight it. Andrew Gailey and Dunn, Darren Bullock, lockdown fun. Hefts down, dressing gown, Jackals three spells at the town. Social media, silly memes. Pause that hasn't watched the games. Live stream, crashed and burned. Chris Markins all alone. Johnny Buke and Josh Quirk. Mass computer wouldn't work. Matt Glenn and Chicken Man. That's it, Carlos Gorbaran. Fiery Breeze, Phil Senior, CC Valley, Sketch, Baton Bradshaw, History 100 more. We didn't start the fire, it was always burning since it was the time. We didn't start the fire, but we didn't light it, but we tried to find it. We didn't start the fire, it was always burning since the world's been turning. We didn't start the fire No, we didn't light it But we're trying to find it The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via delivery afterwards. Three points. Not Nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.